0: This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by Clockworks. From windshields to fenders, Clockworks brings the quality, the leader in air management with the original patent flare windshield. Their fenders are stamped and e-coded to bring you the quality you demand. Check out these and other products at speed kingscyclecom Get clocked. (laughs)
1: Sorry, out here in South Dakota, we just got the internet
0: last week. (laughs) Right. You're just learning how to use it, eh? (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah. Brand new. Uh, Apparently, there's a lot of porn.
0: There is a lot of porn. (laughs) You've got to watch out for that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) How have you guys been? Good. You know, we're doing pretty good. You know, we're surviving. We, uh, you know, we go from 70 degree days, kind of like, you know, probably Southern California to, uh, you know, snow squalls.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been, what, three weeks-ish since we've been out there, maybe four? And it was cold as fuck is how I explain it. Cold as fuck.
2: (laughs) And
1: it it was actually not even bad that day. I don't think we were walking around. I wasn't even wearing a coat, like above 20 degrees and break out the banana hammocks, usually for us.
0: (laughs) Not (laughs) for me, for sure. I'm good on that. (laughs)
1: we uh we want to thank uh thank you for having us on and uh we are enjoying pictures of uh your roguelike builds that you have going on
0: oh of course man i mean i just you know of course you know as you guys know i'm so thankful for the opportunity to work with you guys uh over at jnl harley davidson so you guys also from jnl harley davidson you also have fargo harley davidson correct me if i'm wrong
1: yeah exactly yeah just a a little bit of a background with jnl harley uh uh, Jane Harley Davidson was founded in 1975 by Jim and Lonnie Entman. Uh-huh. Uh Jim is our dad. We're brothers.
0: Yep. Yep. Um,
1: and then Lonnie was our uncle. Um, and then in uh, so was 1975, 2006, we opened up a small store north of Sioux Falls in Watertown, South Dakota. It's called Glacial Lakes Harley Davidson. Okay. Uh, November of 2013, myself, my brother, and our dad. Uh, bought Harley-Davidson of Fargo up in Fargo, North Dakota. Wow. Uh, and then we have Big Sioux Power Sports as our Can-Am dealership next door, too. So right now, Jimmy and I basically run everything with the help of a great team that we have. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a little bit of our background.
0: Yeah. Yep. I mean, coming up there, you know, it was. It, it felt like, I mean, for my first visit ever, it felt like just walking into my home dealership, you know? Everybody was so warming and everybody was just so, uh, you know, nice. And and man, that's one of the nicest dealerships I've been to to date, especially being able to go and be in the background of things and see how everything is put away and all that kind of stuff, man. It was really uh, inspirational for sure. Cause I'm a fucking disaster.
1: (laughs) You know, probably one thing that, uh, was passed down to us from our dad and our uncle is just, trying to keep shit clean and organized yeah. you know because otherwise you can just get away from you so fast but i'm glad that you think that because we look at all that stuff and we're like man this is a fucking disaster
0: oh wow so. i would hate to see what your your expectations of clean then because fuck i would have ate off any surface in that place when i went in there
1: if i, I would have <laughs> known that we would have tested you on that oh hey i'll be back <laughs> i have man. a couple surfaces i would have pointed out
0: i'll be back and we'll do it i promise <laughs>
1: appreciate it yeah no that was uh it was fun you know we uh you know this is uh pretty much all joe and i have ever done has been around motorcycles and you know we love anything that involves gas and oil and you know we have uh kids too as well boys and joe has two boys and a girl and i have two boys and uh yeah it's fun just being around this stuff and getting to enjoy it i think if you're going to be in this business um you know, for us, this is more than just a job, right? It's, it's a lifestyle for us. It's yeah, all we've ever done. Exactly. And I think if you're going to truly enjoy, enjoy being around motorcycles and selling motorcycles and shit like that, you just, you have to be an enthusiast. The, you definitely. have to enjoy it. And you have to love
0: riding. Yeah. I think as far as our business and everything, that's what's helped us, you know, grow substantially over the few years that we've been doing it in comparison, because we live, eat, breathe this shit. I mean, you don't go from our you know our shop to our house and it's like there's no uh you know no signs of motorcycles there we have a giant harley davidson mirror right when you walk in the house there's a built well floor mat on the outside of our house you know like it's just you know we have a, a chopper wall where it's just photography from one of my good friends it's all just choppers you know like my wife and i are so involved in this um above our bed is giant like canvases of uh, my, one is of my Dinah and one's of her sportster on each side where we sleep So, I mean, it's like, it's just a part of our lives now, you know, it's uh, it's, I think it has to be exactly like you said, you know, you can't, it's just, it's not a hobby, you know, No, it can't be, you know.
1: No, you're right. And what's, what's funny is like Jimmy and I, obviously we've grown up in the business and I don't, my whole life is not like, I don't look back and say, Oh, remember when I played that sporting event or remember when we went on this family trip, Jimmy and I look back at it as like. Remember that time we got in trouble at the store because we blew that thing up or we ran the (laughs) lawnmower inside the building? You know,
2: like all of our
1: memories are associated with our dealership. And, and even like growing up, I remember when like the, the Sturgis model came out in 91 and the Daytona model, right? Yeah. Like those. And because those were when I was like 10, 12 years old, it's like stuck in me. Like those are. The bikes that someday I want to own is having those models. You know, yeah. And, you know, the yep. year I the year I graduated high school was 1997, and that's when you know the 97. You saw it, yep. 97 bad boy, yep, Soft-tail bad boy, Springer. And I look, you know, I remember thinking, you know, when I grow up, that's going to be that's a Harley Davidson right there. That's a motorcycle, yeah. and now we have two of them. Yep. yep.
0: So, how do you guys you know. see? It? I mean, being out there, and you guys are born and raised out there, right?
1: Yeah. 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 That's all, that's all we know. Cornfields yep. and, uh, and Harley roads. And, <laughs> how, yeah, Jimmy Jimmy lived down in Atlanta for about a year, but I've always pretty much been stuck. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> stuck. Um, how have you guys seen, I guess, like, you know, the California style we'll call it the California style, you know, where we, um, we kind of do different things out here than you guys do back there. How have you seen that, <laughs> uh, that style kind of come and start to infiltrate out there in South Dakota?
1: You know, I think uh, obviously, you know, right or wrong, when we associate the California style, the thing that pops into my head automatically is obviously a lot of dinas, a lot of uh, the newer soft tails that Harley makes, and that's badass. And, you know, we've seen a small transition with some of that styling around here, but... You know, as Jimmy mentioned as a joke, everything is flat. Everything is damn near right angles. At least on the eastern part of South Dakota, out yep. by the Black Hills, Sturgis, and West, it's different. So, a lot of our customer base, man, they're riders. They're they're riders in terms of they buy a motorcycle and they do 15,000 miles a year. Yeah, yeah, it's ba- it's ba- it's banger country. Yep. You know, we've uh, it's always been electric glides. It's always been street glides. Actually, seventy percent of what we sell. Is baggers, yeah, are baggers part of the touring family? Yep. Um, and that's it's always been that way, consistently. Seventy percent of what we sell, but you're seeing, uh, you know, you're seeing a trend with like, you know, um, handlebars and stuff like that on some of the baggers now. That yeah. that's kind of going that way. But we have always traditionally been. Electro glides and, and road Yeah.
0: Yeah. And see, that I when I mean, every time we come to a different state, you know, like this, you know, when we go to Colorado, when we came out to the, you know, South Dakota, we always get one of the younger guys going, man, I wish we were doing, you know, the things you guys are doing in California out here. And I always just say, well, you better, hey, you gotta hi, start Texas. it. What was that?
1: I said, "What's that? Paying high taxes?" <laughs>
0: yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. Taking away all your rights, but you know, um, <laughs> right. but you know, the style of of motorcycle. I mean, I guess you can kind of say it's a more of a performance based style in general. Um, so, you know, the younger guys, of course, you know, and I think it's because of social media and, you know, being that we are riding, you know, essentially 365 days a year. And, you know, so it makes it a little easier for us to just have tons and tons of photography and pictures and rides and blah, 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 blah. You know, so they see it more often than, you know, where your core base of is, you know, like I said, touring models. So they're always like, you know, my obvious advice is always, you know, well, start it. Somebody's got to start it, you know? And, you know, as a... I think over time in motorcycles, we've always seen things start, you know, and, and it seems like for the most part, it starts on the West coast, just because I guess, cause of the weather, because there's a core group, you know, uh, core companies out here making parts, whatever it may be. And then we see those styles start shifting towards the East coast, you know, going through Yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting would, to see. Uh,
1: yeah. I would, I would agree with that. You know, I would say, you know, we are in the middle of the country, right? I mean, like we are, you got the East Coast, you got the West Coast, East Coast, so we're right here. Yep. And everything kind of hits us a year or two later yep. here in the Dakotas, you know? But um, it's not to say that definitely social media does help bring trends. Like, you know, we, uh, you know, when uh, when we were doing the Speed Kings uh, bike with you, yep. you know, we had a lot of our customers, they were like, oh, dude, that's so awesome that he's coming out there, you know, that you know they're getting a bike from you. So, I mean, we all, I mean, everybody from here sees what's going on on the East and West Coast. I yeah. think it. Once again, it just—it's just a matter of what works and what fits for you. Like Joe said, you know, we our riders put on between eight and you know twenty thousand miles a year. Yep. So it's all about straight roads. And you know, here at JNL, we do do a ton of performance work. Like we're yep. always we're always on our dyno. We're always doing whatever we can to soup up bigger motors and everything yep. like that. And you know, everybody wants a bigger, more horsepower, more torque. So oh, we're pretty, definitely. you know, we do a lot with that. Yep. Um, but the the California style, Southern California style, it's definitely cool. You know, we will uh, do some bikes up once in a while, customize them in, in that type of style. But uh, for the most part, we're just always traditionally 70% bikers. Yeah. Yeah. But hey. to, to, your po- to your point, we do have a, I mean, even this area, though, the one thing I'll say is our per capita Harley Davidson ownership. Like, as an example, our whole state only has 800,000 people in South Dakota, right?
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Uh, Soup Falls. Is two hundred thousand, but there's twelve thousand Harley Davidson motorcycles in Sioux Falls. Wow! So we have a really high Harley Davidson and in general motorcycle ownership per capita in our state. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's a real we have a real good culture. Um, but it's just different from different areas. Yeah,
0: it is weird. And you know, for me, I mean, I'd never been to South Dakota. I've never it. I think, I mean, I think that weekend that I drove out to see you guys was the, I visited more States in one, you know, four day period than I'd ever been to in my entire life. So, you know, (laughs) I don't, I don't leave California very often. And, uh, it was, it, it was weird. It was it was neat to see, you know, all the differences, you know, when I, so when I'm traveling, like people are, are seeing what we're doing in California and blah, blah, blah. But when I'm traveling, I'm noticing what people are doing in other States as well, you know, cause it's, it's interesting. It is interesting to see how many more touring models are on the streets than, you know, where, you know, you come to California, you're going to see, I guarantee you, if you see motorcycles, you're going to see Dynas, FXR Sportsters and you're going to see touring models, but you're going to see all that. Where you go to, you know, like, you know, South Dakota, you're probably going to see touring models all day long and maybe not see anything else, you know. But the, tr- the fact of the country has more touring models running the streets than it probably does anything else. Right. You know.
1: And, you know, and, and a lot, and we look at it too, is our, we're really big in Sioux Falls just in gas and oil culture in general, whether it's hot rods or motorcycles. And, To your point, I mean, Southern California is known as being where everything kind of got us going, right? I mean, the Hot Rodders Association, all that. So you guys have a deep culture yep. in that. So I could see where a lot of those trends, like Jimmy says, just takes a while for us to get them.
0: So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I really feel like this, uh, I, you know, you can. I use bunny ears when I say it because they're so heavy, but performance bagger situation is really, you know, it's, it's already been going, obviously. I'm not, you know, I'm not in reinventing the wheel here, but, um, you know, there's plenty of guys that have been doing it already for years, um, but it, I really see that kind of starting to, this year is the year of baggers because um, we just talked about it on the previous podcast that we were just recording. How many people have purchased baggers this year? Just that me and the other, you know, me and Justin George were talking how many people we know that just this year alone purchased baggers. And it's, uh, it's going to be neat to see. I mean, that weekend that I came to you guys, you know, I dropped off Holden in uh, a Durango, Colorado to pick up his road glide. I came to you. And then the next weekend, our good friend also from Vegas drove to Utah to get his road glide. So it's like this little group <laughs> and both of those guys actually ride for our stunt team. So they'll be stunting those baggers. But you know, the, we, it's like now we're going from Dinah stunt team. Now we're going to be basically the bagger stunt team. Call it a day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's and, uh it's just kind of like what you said, bagger daddy.
0: Yeah. Right? Bagger daddy. Yeah,
1: hashtag bag, hashtag bagger daddy. Yep.
0: It's a, uh, you know, it's, I've been, you know, I'm sure you guys have been in the, in the motorcycle game a lot longer than I have, but I started doing, um, the Harley stuff in around 2000, 2001 for day tech during the, the fat tire chopper scene. And what I've noticed and kind of what I've come out with, and it's kind of what I model my business behind is if you're not willing to change with what's going on, you will not last. And, you know, for me, I, and I've told you this, I didn't have any desire for a bagger until one morning. I was just like, oh, bagger time. And now I'm I'm so excited. The wheels came in today. Ooh, I'll send you guys a picture when we get off. But uh got some chrome spy five, five spoke wheels from Coastal Moto for them, some big Arlen Ness, big 14-inch brakes on the front. Ooh, it's gonna look nice. But um, yeah. you know, it's exciting to do something new. And I think, you know, for me, always moving along with what's coming next, what's coming next instead of trailing the coattails of doing a bike that I did, you know, two, three years ago. You know, for some of the people, they don't. The foresight, I guess, is what you you know. Is that what's called foresight? Is that where you see ahead or behind? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> foresight. I think
1: you're correct. I yeah, think you're foresight. You know,
0: it's <laughs> but, kind of <laughs> right. This is why I liked you guys so much because we we got along so well. <laughs> 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 um, but it was, you know, it is you, during business, especially doing what we do being that we just cater to the aftermarket needs of, of Harley's, you know, you have to kind of be ahead of the game. You can't be running up, you know, when everybody's already gone through, you know what I mean? And I'm seeing a lot right. of that right now with the soft tails, you know, when the soft tails came out for us, I rode one, I rode the, 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 during the unveiling, I rode one that night. Uh, Mark from rusty butcher got one. I got to ride it that night. I went back again and I wrote it again. And then I had to get one. So that was in October towards the middle or end of October. I had one by, uh, early December of 2017. So, and then we had oh. it finished a hundred percent by October of 2018 where with everything, you know, how, how you see it now? And, uh, you know, I think besides, I think some of the larger aftermarket companies out there, we were one of the very few to really go as far as we did on one of those models. And, you know, um, it was fun. And it was cool being, I guess, on the forefront of that, helping people with products, helping people develop products and stuff like that. So now I see the bagger thing coming in hard. And, uh, you know, like I said, we're not starting on a new platform, but I see a lot of guys that were Dyna FXR guys and all of a sudden they sold that shit and they're on a, they're on a road glide now. So I think this yeah, year yeah. it's going to be a big year for touring models.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, you you hit your nail on the you hit the nail on the head where, in business, in business nowadays, you have to be able to move and change with the times. You know, like Joe and I, this is a second-generation business for us. It's a family business. Our family's been doing this for 45 years, and the way we do business today is not going to be with the way we do business tomorrow. No, you got to constantly move and adapt, and you got to look at all the trends. And you know, we're especially right now with all this COVID bullshit that's going on. I mean, we're we're doing things a lot different than what we did fucking five weeks ago, yep, you yep. know? So, I mean, you just have to be able to learn and adapt. And those of us that put our, you know, get d- buckled down and do what's right to take care of the customers yep. and do what's right for the business and the industry, you know, we're going to be the ones that are going to be here uh, coming out strong.
2: Yeah, You exactly. know. And
1: uh, it, it's really quite exciting uh, to do new and different things as well. I mean, we, we're always talking about and brainstorming, you know, what can we do different, you know, when, yep. uh, when uh you know when we decided to do that you know when we worked with you on this bike that's something we've never done before you know just trying new and uh new and different things i mean that's just that's what it's all about and then yeah. you know just watching the truck
0: they froze up on us oh there they are oh, they back difficulties are yep. back yep you're back <laughs>
1: all right cool once again New to the internet, yeah. Uh, we're on an iPhone One. iPhone uh, One, it just bro. came
0: out. Just came out in yep. South Dakota. <laughs>
1: right, this thing's heavy as fuck. too. Yeah. Like, Anna's arm is getting really
0: tired. Is she holding it right now? I hope not. <laughs> no,
1: no, she's uh, she has it on a uh, on a tripod. want me oh. go get a power cord. For that I can. thing. Okay. you know the one thing I was going to say though, we do have a. I mean, a lot of people are familiar, but you know, even like uh, Brian Clock. Over at Clockworks, he's yep. you know ninety miles west of us. He's yep. been a friend and industry uh, guy for a number of years, and he's always done some cool shit. There's a guy up there by Minneapolis, Hoffman Designs. He has some cool shit for beggars
0: so yep. I was just talking to know, Hoffman today. So,
1: yep, oh really.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah so it's, I mean,
1: there's 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 some there's some talent and stuff that comes out of the Midwest. You oh, know? definitely, definitely. Uh, are you going to be getting carbon fiber stuff
0: for your robot? No, actually, I think I'm working with him on his soft tail. He just picked up.
1: What?
0: I think I'm working with him on his soft tail. He just picked up. We're going to be putting some parts of ours on his soft tail. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I, he just oh, hit me up yeah. today about, I let's let him know, you know, they do. So he does some amazing things out of that shop and his carbon fiber is Great. I have a weird thing about carbon fiber and I'll, and I'll let you all know. Um, as everybody knows, on the in, on the land of the internet and everything, I'm not. I'm pretty honest. I'm not a small person, so I don't feel like disguising my bike with carbon fiber to make it lighter is a smart move for me. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I need to maybe drop eighty pounds and then maybe go for the carbon fiber route first. You know, if I can stop eating burritos and then I'll deserve the the price tag of the carbon fiber. But for re- now, na-
1: is it really worth it to drop eighty pounds? Though I mean,
0: come on. I'm happy right now. I'm fluffy right. you know exactly you know I'm I pu- happy too. I pull tail I'm married bro <laughs> 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 but you know no, but he makes some really cool products man and it's really cool to see a, a guy you know his bike is on the cover of this year's drag magazine, you know um, that's a big deal. that's a big deal right there yeah. and uh, yeah. especially for I was actually highly surprised because he doesn't have any products in the drag catalog and for right. them oh, really? no yeah he's not he is it far he's not his stuff's not distributed in there so i was actually blown away that they had somebody that's not in drag build a bike to be on the cover of drag Ooh, that is interesting. yeah i was i was stoked on that man and, and if his, his parts are in there i'm tripping but i've never seen them if I, and i i'm one of those nerds who takes the catalog home with me like weekly and just goes through it for fun you know what i mean like right. i swear every time you know there's fucking 4,000 pages or something. You always find something new, you know, between that and the other right. catalogs oh, yeah. we have. I just have nights where I'm like, oh, I'm going to take this one home with me today. I've looked at it a million times, but I just like scanning through it to find shit, look for shit, you know, always thinking about new shit. You know, it's uh, yeah,
1: so
0: I think that's also are you
1: gonna do anything with, Go ahead. Are you going to do anything with your gauges for your bike or are you leaving them all stocked?
0: No, we, they're already <laughs> off the bike. We are actually building right. our own um, CNC machine gauge housing form that'll adapt to our risers. Jimmy's drinking beer. That perfect. I'm on. I got my big giant cup of water, and then I got another like number five cup of coffee here today. What kind of beer this is that?
1: Is a, well, it's a beer we actually had made for Hot Harley Nights, which we're not doing this year because of the COVID.
2: Oh.
0: But
1: it was a, a a local brewery made it up for us. A Hot Harley Nights beer, takes sixteen out of Laverne, Minnesota. So. Wow. It's a it's a pale lager. It's uh, like a Bud Light or a Coors Light, Miller Light, Miller Light, a porch it. beer. It's a porch pounder.
0: Yeah, so there you go. You
1: just drop like sixteen of these and walk away. What's the <laughs> alcohol alcohol <laughs>
0: content on that bad boy?
1: Uh, four point three percent. Oh yeah, perfect. So.
0: just sit yeah. there and drink think, those all day.
1: Right, Jimmy actually had three beers over lunch when we were at lunch today, though too. So where did you
0: guys you guys get a good lunch in? I had like salad.
1: We actually had an awesome one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We went down to a local bar just down the road and we had our Wing Wednesday challenge where Anna and May, our event coordinator, asked us questions. And if we got them wrong, we had to eat fucking deathly. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Poisonous (laughs) hot wings. So we actually did it. If you check out our Facebook page at Jane O'Harley Davidson's Facebook page, we did a Facebook live where Anna and May asked us these questions. And if we got the question wrong, we had to eat the whole wing. If we got the question right, we just had to take a bite. But it, there was only we each only had six wings, and this uh, bar, uh, their wings they normally don't have on the on the on the menu, you know. So they made them specifically for us because we're we're promoting local with a lot of our neighbors up here. You yep. know, get out. And bottom line, I have pried my tongue
2: in yeah. give me a drink drinks beer.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of sounds like a lose lose situation. If you answer wrong, you eat the whole wing. If you answer right, you still eat the wing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. it, Good was, game. it was more of an opportunity yeah it was more about eating wings and drinking beer right yeah perfect yeah. perfect so, I now, guess he, do it.
0: how have you guys seen with this whole coronavirus covid thing how have you guys seen um that you know i guess change your business model your business how you guys are doing business right now because you know you're not getting that i guess as much walk-in clients or I, are you guys still open to the public right now
1: yeah, so you know, South Dakota is actually uh, uh is very rural, as we've been talking about, right? Yep. So we've been just like everybody else. We've been following the CDC guidelines. We've been wiping down surfaces every hour. We have morning staff meetings talking about it. But actually, Sioux Falls uh it's been in the media a lot recently. Sioux Falls is like the number two hotspot in the nation right now, oh, or number geez. one, I guess. Jeez. Yeah. Because one of our we have a pretty big pork processing facility here in town that actually processes about 5% of the protein content for the country
2: uh-huh.
1: uh protein servings it's a at smithfield and they had a little bit of an outbreak there um which you know it's to be expected in any close working environment where you have 4000 people working right and yep. um so it, you know the media of course makes it sound like it's a, a terrible and like you know, there's the world. If you would listen to me you think our fucking town was on fire, but in reality, everybody's just using common sense and everything's actually yeah. going fairly well. Just, yeah. You know, and we have experience on the business side, we have experienced a decrease in customers coming in, Yep. but we're doing curbside delivery. Like a lot of people We're actually taking stuff to people's houses here in town and delivering it to them if they want it, but we're still selling bikes. Yeah. You know? So we're, we're selling bikes. You know, we will, uh, We'll do after hours, uh, you know, bike appointments at the store. We'll do four hours. We'll if somebody wants to demo something, we'll take it to their house to do a demo ride. Oh wow! Um, just maintaining, you know, just taking care of those guidelines. But you know, uh, for instance, this past Saturday, I mean, our our, uh, our Fargo store, for instance, they sold eight bikes on oh, a wow. Saturday, and which April. it was only twenty two degrees out too. So. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: come on
1: uh, I know our South our South Dakota store, Sioux Falls did three Watertown's in a much smaller town they did one and then our our Can-Am off-road store we did eight units wow
0: wow that's crazy just
1: selling shit man we're trying to help the economy you know the one thing that's never changed though as much as we're in the power sports business and Harley business we're in the people business you know yep and that's connections with, you know, with you, with other, with our customers, with other businesses around town. That's what's important to us And taking care of our stakeholders, our customers, our family, our, our, our employees. You know, if we, we're just trying to run a good business and people respond to that. Now I'm not saying we hit it out of the park every single time, you no. know, we are human, but really I think the key to getting along in this is just trying to use common sense and, be a good business runner you know a big yeah. business yeah. operator a good one you know and, and you may you may ask why you may ask why Joe and I are not social distancing from each other but we share an office so
0: yeah, yeah. If he
1: was gonna get something I'm gonna get it no matter what we're so, actually like we're actually yeah. Like, uh, twins
0: you, yeah you said that last time but I'm not buying that <laughs> How, how is it that I mean you guys grew obviously you guys are very close which is, is neat to see Um, how is it you know going your whole life so tied close together you know you're sharing an office now you know like how all that you know your whole entire life. how is that you guys ever get into like these big arguments where you're just like man fuck this guy
1: yeah yeah we do <laughs> we do
0: <laughs> is, it, yeah. is that after the five six beers deep at the chicken wing pot spot <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean,
1: it, it's pretty. It's actually, when you think about it, pretty ridiculous with Jimmy and I. So when we both got out of college, we both bought uh, our first our first homes, and you know they were just a couple houses built in like nineteen twenty, nineteen thirty, but they were right next door to <laughs> each other. We lived right next door to each other for two years.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, cool. we actually had a privacy fence between our houses, so we'd go out at night and take a pee and talk to each other while we're looking <laughs> over the fence. In it's it's South, South Dakota, you pee outside. Yeah, uh, you guys don't do that, in
0: California. I mean, I do, oh, but you're no. not. I don't think you're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, every chance, like I can be going down in the middle of town, and I just have to pee, so I stop, hop out, and pee right in the middle of town uh, on the road.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> so, I can't. No, I, we don't do that. We don't do that. Oh, I do do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even count how many times on, on the way home from driving with you guys because on the way there, I... Don't think I drank any water, so you know I started getting like dehydrated. And my wife's like, "You need to drink water." I'm not good at drinking water. I don't really like the way it tastes. So um on the way back, I drank like (laughs) a gallon of water. So I got a piss like every thirty fucking minutes. It was so annoying. So we're just you know, uh, but at that point we're like in Wyoming. There's nothing. So I'm just pulling on the side of the road. There's less people in Wyoming than there is in South Dakota. Yeah, I'm taking a piss in the middle of the street and shit. Like I'm like, man, fuck this shit. You know, this is just how it's going now. (laughs) But it was a, it was a, it was a fun time. But I do have my times even at home where I may be drinking or something, and then instead of walking to the bathroom, I just walk in the middle of the grass in the backyard and take a piss instead. You know,
1: there's no, there's nothing like peeing outside. No, no there isn't. It's quite it, freeing.
0: It, it is. It is. I think it'd be a little weird if you were like locked eyes over a privacy fence peeing with somebody else, though. That is a little. <laughs> that's a little odd.
1: Have you never locked eyes with somebody next to you at a urinal?
0: No. No.
1: Uh, Have you you ever been to uh, uh, a really bizarre experience for me? Uh, I was at – I went to a Foo Fighters concert at Wrigley Field.
0: uh Uh-huh.
1: And, you know, Wrigley Field is, like, what, over 100 years old, something like that. But, you know, it's the trough-style urinals.
0: Oh, yeah, those are the good
1: ones. Yeah, those are the good ones. And then they have the cinder block block wall this high, and then they have another another trough-style urinal on the other side. So you're peeing and you're facing each other and you're walking eyes with the, you're walking eyes with another fifty guys on the other side. You're peeing with
0: your while you're licking your lips? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd yeah. be a little odd. It's a smidge odd right yeah. there.
1: I mean, if who the really f- honest, the guy next to, you has to Hey, can you hold this for Right, <laughs> right.
0: Who right. the fuck do you think right. designed that? Though they're like, I got an idea. We're just gonna make the guys look at each other why they pee. I don't care what year it was built. That's awkward. Okay, right. you know, like don't <laughs> matter. Awkward. I mean, I, I don't, I have no shame in my game. You know, it is what it is. So I don't, I'll, you know, where I got to pee, I got to pee, but I'm not trying to lock eyes with somebody. And at that point, it's almost awkward that you're not locking eyes at that person. Cause you're trying, you're just looking around so much, you know, <laughs> it's like, fuck it, just go yeah. for it.
1: <laughs> I know. So, uh, it, you know, you're right. It would be awkward if you weren't locking
0: eyes. Yeah. So. You know, I, I'm going to go there now just to do it.
1: In fact, the next time I have to pee, I'm gonna FaceTime
0: you. <laughs> well, so we can- We're just gonna lock eyes. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. What's up? Yeah. What's now, up I, now I have to lock eyes. <laughs> right. Right. So I, I when I, <laughs> I was bet there. You've
1: never I bet you've never talked about this on any of your other
0: podcasts. No, <laughs> no, probably not. But, you know, and that's the joy of these things, you know. Um, I think the first one I did with my friend Tony, he's like, You should write some things down so you have things to talk about while you're doing it. And, you know, not that we had a dull moment in the, in the conversation, but it's like, at the same time, I just like talking about whatever the fuck starts coming out of our mouths. I don't want to like have key points that we had to touch on, you know, (laughs) I think right right now there's so much shit going on in the world. I think if you don't got a key, you know, something that you can talk about, you just shouldn't be talking to each other. Right.
1: Right. That's true. So that's true. I think, uh, you know, you, you asked if Joe and I, um, you know if we ever just have blowouts and get, you know being in a family business i think it's inevitable yep you know we get in arguments with our old man we get in arguments with each other but you know the, the thing that is nice is five minutes after you have a blow up boom yep you're back to. sometimes you just got to get shit off your chest
0: oh, big you time. know and we're human
1: and the, the one thing about joe and i is that generally we're always going in the same direction like right? yeah. we want the same things you know, we want to do what's right. We want to be successful. Um, we want to have fun, you know, and if we have the same, same principles and everything like that, you know, it's easy to talk about it afterwards and we don't really hold grudges with each other. I agree. But I sometimes wonder if that's because we're brothers or we're guys.
0: I think it's guys for me. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm opinionated and I don't necessarily work well with others. Um, you know, so, um, I, I've, I've worked alongside people that I've known for you know, years and years and years prior to working with them and worked with them for, you know, 10 years at a time or whatever. And you'll have those days though, where you're just like, fuck you, you know, don't talk to me. You know, I'm over it. Fuck you. <laughs> right. And, and you know, maybe, maybe it takes a day, maybe it takes a two days, maybe it takes five minutes, but I think it's just human nature to do that, you know, to have those disagreements, to get shit off your chest. And it shows who you really are as a character, as a human to be like, all right, we're good now, hug it out and let's move forward. Like, fuck it. You know, yeah. it's usually stupid. I it. At the end of the day, it's generally stupid shit. We're all just dumb people. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. oh, it is. you like the yeah, red I one, plans. I like the blue one. Fuck you. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's always yeah. stupid shit like that. Yeah, yeah pretty so, much.
0: So Jimmy, I mean, as when I I learned something about you when I was out there, I mean that you're a diehard Foo Fighters fan, and you've already mentioned it. So, so tell us about where that came from. I mean, I really enjoy Foo Fighters as well.
1: Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a product of the '90s, right? Yep. So, anything you know, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains you know, Foo Fighters, Nirvana, you know, it's just, I love, uh, I I really, for some reason, like the whole story of the Foo Fighters, like where Dave Grohl and how that all happened, you know, I really dig that. And I just really, you know, what's cool about their music is you can just listen to it anytime. doesn't matter what album you're listening to. It doesn't matter what song you're listening to, what year it came out or whatever. It just, it's always, to me, it's always relevant. You know, I just, their music is, is just good. I love listening to it. You know, Pearl Jam. Yeah. I like Pearl Jam, but you know, uh, number one is Foo Fighters. Number two is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Number three, 90s rap.
0: Oh, yeah. There is there anything beyond that? Like, there is no rap uh, after the 90s. Not no, really,
1: not really. Yeah,
0: Let's be Mumble. honest here. There's one guy, one guy that I really enjoy who's like a new rapper right now. He's out of Canada named Mercules. That guy kills it. If you haven't listened to that dude yet, trust me, listen no. to that guy. No. I'll, I'll send you a link to his like YouTube. He does a lot of cover stuff on his YouTube. It's badass, but he kills it. He don't, he's not mumbling though. None of that shit. Right. Um, I
1: actually got in a fight. I actually got in a fight with my nine year old, not a fight, but a disagreement. Like my nine year old son is, he's like comparing, you know, all these new rappers. And he's like, I can't believe you like Snoop Dogg. And I'm like, what? How could you not? Like, yeah, what are you talking about, Charlie? Give me a fucking break. Like yeah. I, I was just getting angry at
0: him. There but. would be no young, easy, leasy, wheezy, whatever they call themselves now. If there wasn't a Snoop dog, what the fuck are you talking about guy? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. I, I know. I'm a, <laughs> I love music. I've listened to music my, you know, my whole life and I love like all sorts of music. So, you know, there's times that I'll just be listening to Ray Charles while I'm driving or, you know, um, my wife talks shit on me, but I like John Mayer. I think that dude's an amazing musician, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. I, you know, all sorts of punk rock, I, you know, we, we do a lot of punk rock stuff, you know? So, and I love a lot of like old outlaw country and then, you know, but my biggest passion always like has been hip hop. You know, I grew up in the eighties, nineties as well. So, you know, when that shit was coming out, that's what I gravitated towards. And it's funny. Cause now being here, you know, with my wife working with me, when we started the shop, I would always turn on hip hop because it's easier to listen to while you work. It's all, it's all about, um, you know, hustling, making money, doing drugs for the most part, you know? So, um, those right. are the three things we like, do here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> right. you know, but you know, and she's always like, ah, turn this shit off, you know, cause she was more into the punk rock stuff. And now it's funny three years into, uh, you know, us working together in here, she listens to hip hop, you know, three to four days out of the week now. And I'm like, mm, I told you, it's just easier to work to, it makes you like, you know, it gets you motivated, you know. We're like punk rock, you're just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then you're like, Fuck yeah, let's drink beer. Break something, you know?
1: Right. Then so you're like, shit, it's ten o'clock in the morning, we're supposed we to reworking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. We'll drink rum chata in our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, with uh living in South Dakota, as far as like live shows and concerts, um, you know, we have a pretty good event center and before all this COVID bullshit, we would get we get a lot of country shows yeah but we did uh the Foo fighters did come to sioux falls yeah that was a pretty badass show and then probably we went to this together but probably one of the best concerts that i've ever been to um was uh metallica came here to sioux falls oh, oh they yeah. are pretty bad that yeah. that was i don't care who you are what age you are whatever cool. it, yeah, <laughs> those, those wings. I burst and my wings came all Passed out. <laughs> like, I wasn't going to say anything. It just got to be too much. Right? But uh, that, Metallica, that Metallica show was badass. Yeah. Fuck, and it's lingering, too. <laughs> and do you have any fans in
2: here?
0: <laughs> oh, man. You know, it was funny, though, coming through there, you know, again. I um, It's not hard to notice that I'm not from South Dakota when you look at me, you know. Um, I think we uh, we were different type of people out here in California, you know. I remember the first time I went to Kansas. I mean, you're
1: wearing a stocking cap and you have a beard. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe. I do look good. <laughs> I, I can see my, I look good today. Um, but <laughs> I went. I remember I, on the way out from after picking the bike up from you guys and we were driving out, I stopped at the ammo shop out there, the gun shop. And I was, uh, I'm like, you know, I've never had to purchase ammo or guns or anything outside of California. So I don't really know the the laws, you know. So I'm just like, um. All right, and I just start grabbing ammo boxes, and I'm like, "Hey, can I make a pile on the counter?" And the guys are like, "Yeah." And I just got this pile of ammo, and then uh, and I'm watching like, you know, definitely guys, local guys, and they're like looking at me at the corner, and they're like, kind of, it looked like they were kind of laughing at me, and they're probably like, "This motherfucker's from California for sure," because I'm just <laughs> stockpiling all this ammo that I know I can get now. You know, now in, in California, you gotta like wait for ammo or some shit now, and I'm just like. And then I was like, so what's, uh, how can I buy a gun? And they're like, yeah, but our system's down. I'm like, Fine, fuck. And I was getting ready to just grab some shotguns too. I was going to walk out of there with everything, <laughs> but I didn't end up getting a shotgun, but I did get a shit ton of ammo. And I just thought it was funny. Cause you know, those dudes are just like these motherfuckers right here. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: And I mean, you
1: can, you can buy ammo at gas station. I was just going to say, you go out a little bit more out of the and so you can go to the gas station to pick up ammo, uh, cigarettes, beer, and titty magazine. So that's really
0: all Chinese life. I'm going to go live there. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know. yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was wild, man. Again, you know, I, I reflect on the trip that we took and, and how weird it was for me. Um, not only to be working with a, a company like you guys as you know, a brand of, of, of J and L Harley Davidson and to have that opportunity, but to do the traveling that we did to come out there and back, it was a kind of a trip for me. Like I do in one of my uh, you know, piss breaks on the side of Wyoming's fucking highway, I like stopped and that was like, it was just one of those things the sun was setting and it was like beautiful, you know? And I'm like, man, you just got to reflect sometimes and be like, what the fuck am I really doing right now? <laughs> you know, it was kind of a trip. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> right. You know, like uh, that, that whole experience, you know, we were so, I mean, that's right. When you came out right when California went into like their COVID lockdown. Yep. And uh, you know, we, we, we were like, Great. A dude from California with the COVID coming out. Yeah. Now we're the hotspot. Yeah. Now, I I mean, now, now I'm the kind of worried. That it to South
0: Dakota. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm kind of worried now that I may have brought it back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. right. Um, but, you know, we were, uh, we had, you know, like uh, when you were on your way out, you know, I was texting you, hey, you down yet? We're outside drinking. You yep. know, like we were excited just to hang out and uh, do a few things with you. But the way the trip turned out, you know, you had to turn around and buzz back right away. So, but everything's cool and you'll, you know, we'll get a out again
0: sometime. So. Oh, definitely, man. I can't wait. You know, again, I've been working on this thing. I'm going to try to do some time on it today. Um, get the wheels on and shit like that. Oh yeah. Holden wants to know how those edibles were that we dropped off for you. <laughs> I
1: have no idea what you're talking what,
0: about. What edibles oh, are yeah. you talking about? Oh, those, yeah. The, the snacks. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Yeah, you know... I, the state I, laws are a little different in South Dakota <laughs> than they are in California and Colorado. Yeah. Well, we just won't... We just is want. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a trip, though? I mean, it's so weird. Not only is it weird for me growing up in the time of, like, fucking weed is illegal. Now, you drive around in California, there's a fucking weed billboard every fucking 20 feet, you know? And but you have to like reflect I have kids and I'm like, I don't know if I want them seeing this every fucking 20 feet at the same time. You know, it's kind of a, just a, it's a weird situation. And, but then you go to other States like yours where they're like, Oh no, 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 no. Fuck that. That shit's illegal as fuck.
1: Yeah. And you know, South Dakota, I mean, the nice thing about it is is you know, some of that stuff, depending on how you lean, you may think it's backwater, but you know, out here it's, pretty mellow you know i mean everybody's super nice we like to shoot guns ride motorcycles and drink beer well some of us drink beer others just watch <laughs> others drink beer
0: <laughs> and smell the burps
1: <laughs> yeah which there's another one too yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it is just a trip the way the weird. i mean how weird it is that the laws don't cross over you know i mean yeah. excuse me if i was pulled over you know in a different state with, uh, things that are legal in California. I mean, I don't even know how that works, but you know, at the same time I bought a bunch of ammo and brought it into California. I don't think you're supposed to do that either.
1: Right. (laughs) You know, just like we can walk like in South Dakota, you don't even need a concealed weapons permit anymore. So you can like walk around with an AK 47 on your back with a pistol in your, yeah. in your holster and you're good to go. I mean, Oh man, I wish you guys would have told me that
0: before. I would have put something on my hip just to feel different. (laughs) <laughs> can't do that shit around here you always gotta have it hidden
1: yeah I mean just like before all this COVID stuff I went to like to Burger King to grab some lunch and there's a dude waiting in line with like two two guns like Rosamity <laughs> Sam on his hip I'm like alright man whatever if you need that to order a Whopper or we power to ya
0: yeah you're a hey guy whoa whoa weird flex save some pussy for the rest of us
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so you guys also have the power sports thing, which is obviously is cool. Cause I really want one of those, uh, you know, razor <laughs> deals, those turbo charge fucking razor, one thousand eleven hundred 1100 uh, deals. We don't sell razors, we Which sell one Mavericks, is it? X-Razor. Oh yeah. the Oh yeah. Those are even better. Razor right. That's the can ams. Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are even better. I like the way those are styled better. They're a little bit more sleek, kind of like Knight Rider. Yeah. Well,
1: they have, well they're, they're fast. Like. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, stock you can buy the, the maverick right now the it's 195 horse wow yeah and you can buy that in a four-seater so you and the whole family yep can go can utilize that 195 horse it's great in it's, fact i think we're going to be doing some facebook videos to see how high we can jump em. oh yeah. no way you know all that la- yeah. you know all that land we have in our back yes and our store we have some nice hills where we're gonna just see how far we can launch them since you know we have all this time on our hands yeah what else do we got to do right
0: now <laughs> i want to come out and be a part of that i'll, I'll wear a mask and everything let's do this fuck it <laughs> okay. yeah. good. i had um i actually had one of the yamaha rhino 660s when they first came out you know and it's crazy yep. to see i mean that was a gas-powered glorified golf cart and now these things are their own fucking beast, you know? I mean, granted the price oh, yeah. tag also fluctuated with the the performance of them, right. but man, yeah. have you guys when you guys got into that market, did you see uh, you know, a big jump in that?
1: So we originally got into that we got into the in 2012 is when we opened that store, and we did it because the Harley-Davidson Triglide was so hard to get. Uh-huh. So we wanted to sell the spiders, right? That was a huge market. Yep. Um, and, but in order to carry the spider, we had to carry another product line that they offered. So there was nobody in town that was selling their off-road products. So we picked that up. Well then, you know, lo and behold, you know, we sell maybe 30 spiders a year and now we're selling 80, 80 to 120 side-by-sides a year.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's... And,
1: uh, it, it's crazy. It's crazy because, you know, somebody will come in, spend 26, $28,000 on an X3, uh, souped up 195 horsepower side by side, and three weeks later they wrap it around a tree.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I need that one. I need the you one know. that's wrapped around a tree that just needs like new A arms or something for it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Yeah.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. going from, but, you know, I remember the Rhino, I think I paid $13,000 for the Rhino. That was brand new, you know. Um, and now, you know, Grant, again, though, you know, you don't really. I mean, there's a whole performance market world for those things. I mean you can dump another hundred grand into one of those things, you know, but you don't really need to, you know. No, so right. they come right. kind of turnkey now. You're good to go.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean even K and M have some that comes in around that ten thousand dollar mark in terms of more of their utilitarian versions. Yep. With that, you know, our eight hundred cc versus a thousand. I guess The biggest surprise I had about the power sports industry being compared to the motorcycle-specific industry, like Jimmy said, is just uh, the fact that, you know, obviously with motorcycles, you know, people put a ton of motorcycles into them, and that's great,
2: right?
1: But a lot of times with motorcycles, you see them as a progression. You do one thing, and then you do something else. And then you do something else. Yep. We see a lot of side by side owners that just basically deck it out right away the way they want it and then it's done. And yeah. maybe there's some maintenance and some few items here or there. Yeah. But a lot of it's just, you know, one and done. And then like Jimmy said, we don't see them again until they wrap it around a tree and need a new one, you know? Wow.
0: So And that and that happens often with those things. huh?
1: That or rolling. Rolling yeah. is I'm not yeah. gonna say it's common, but you know, you get damn near two hundred horsepower and a few beers in you and of course great things
0: happen <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that is true i never had the um i didn't roll mine but i sunk it in water and it never it never ran good again i i <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. it's because it's, uh, remember the and those ones the um the air intake was right between the two seats you know what i mean like where your arm rested and i sucked water yeah. in there and yeah after oh, yeah. after that It was, it was no no bueno anymore. It was fun though. I liked that thing. But again, I mean, I I just got a one day I'm so involved in the, in the, I don't have a hobby. All I do is motorcycles. That's my whole entire life, you know? So I don't have, I don't even know if I have like enough concentration and mental capacity at this point to have a hobby also, because I get so involved in what I'm doing here and, and build, you know, the bikes I'm building and things like that, that it's just not, it, it, it just another thing that takes my money, you know, I did right. I yep. do have like an old, some old vehicles, you know, some old trucks and cars or whatever. And I do, I guess you can consider that a hobby, but you know, it kind of, it all hand in hand almost, you know, old cars, Harleys, right. you know, it's, it's what else are you going to do? <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. What's your, what's your opinion of the live wire?
0: I want to ride one. I've, yeah, I, they're, they're- I, I haven't seen one in person but I, and I think we talked about it a little bit when I was out there, but, um, anything electric to me is neat. There's a reason for that because instant torque, instant power, there's no lag of a motor spooling up to get there. So when I ride one, I want an open road where I can just go Mah! and just go full and see if I can fall off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we've been, we've been doing uh just once again, cause we're so busy right now, which we actually are pretty busy, but for fun, we did a We've been doing something called a 60-foot challenge with uh-huh. Facebook videos, and really it's just going 60 feet from dead start to just driving through, but then stop starting and just driving through. It's just really me- measuring your reaction time, your acceleration. And I did it on the live wire, and seriously, the first time I did it, I didn't know that I had it in eco mode. So I was kind of like, this Meh. is kind of disappointing, I've yeah. so much, right? And then I went back and put it in sport mode, and I launched it, and no shit, like I thought I was going to shit myself.
0: Yeah, it's I like mean, that, huh? Yeah,
1: it was. It was pretty damn fast, just on that sixty feet, and the fastest I've ever been on a motorcycle has been about one hundred and sixty-five miles an hour. Yep. and that was one hundred and sixty-five miles an hour was less thrilling than the launching of that live wire in my Ooh, opinion.
0: Wow. Yeah, see, that's – and that's, what you know, the same with these Teslas. Yeah, they come with the price tag, but the reason why they're so fast is just instant power. There's no – again, there's no build up of a motor trying to get you there, fueling with fuel and, you know, ignition and, you know, all that kind of, uh, I guess, archaic technology now. You know, when you hit right. the fucking pedal on a Tesla, you just gave it everything right then and there from nothing to everything. Done. You know, you're going. Yep. I mean, I've never ridden right. a Tesla so the, either, but one day.
1: The, the live wire – Goes so zero
0: to sixty in under three seconds. Jeez, how but how long does that and battery you know, last?
1: Uh, you know, if you were riding it in town, in town riding, it's about one hundred fifty miles. Yeah. But if you were to if you were to peg it like from here and just you just head due west on the interstate or something like that on the freeway, you can go about ninety to one hundred miles. Yeah. There was. There was a guy that just did a, a iron butt on a live wire over in Switzerland. No way! I don't know if you read about that?
0: No, I did not.
1: Yeah, he did a he did a thousand like fifty miles in twenty three hours and like twenty three minutes or something. Really. Wow! Dude, like yeah, and it was I, I just read it in a power sports magazine article, and it took him damn near the full twenty four hours, and basically he just stopped at the DC fast charger and charged it for twenty five minutes increments and just kept going
0: wow so, yeah that, that's cool these can be done so that's the thing too what was the issue with those i mean they had a weird release on these bikes i mean um or they yeah uh, what's the deal
1: my understanding is so harley was like super in tune with making sure that this product when launched with effectively and with this with as few speed bumps or road bumps as possible so they were doing pretty comprehensive uh, product testing as the product was coming off of the product line. And they literally had an issue with like one, one one battery. So they halted production just to make sure there wasn't any outlying issues and there wasn't. So then they released it and came back out, you know? So it was, once again, it was made a big deal, but it really—they actually did a very, they did a very good job on with product quality control and everything like that with we re- releasing it. And yeah, you know, we were one of the first dealers to come on board for it because we're like a major population center in South Dakota Yep, yep. our 200,000 population we're kind of a big deal uh, in a, a I don't South know center. if you know this right. about
0: us but we're kind of a big deal right,
1: right. <laughs> not really I was kidding so we actually you know we put in a DC fast charger and everything like that so you can get a if a live wire's dead and you want to do a full charge you can get a full charge within an hour
0: oh wow so, so,
1: and are they with using a DC fast charge?
0: Are they able to charge at your house also? Like they have a house charger and then they have your guys' like fast charge system?
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So you can plug it into a, a regular wall outlet. You yeah. know, it takes about eight hours to fully yeah, you, charge. Gotcha. You get about, for every hour that you charge, you get about 12 miles. Hmm. Not bad. So, the, the thing I did not realize, and I actually talked to a Harley engineer on this or a technician on this, is, you know, there's really no standard uh way to rate ev motorcycles right now right like there's so many variances depending because there's not really a whole lot of standards on making sure that everything is the exact same when you're comparing one ev motorcycle to another there's just not a whole lot of them out there yeah so you know when looking at the testing or the length of the battery charge it's important to kind of look or the the range is to look at what you're actually comparing so you're not comparing apples to oranges like you know, Harley's battery is, is what it is, where some other EV companies have <clears throat> put accessory batteries and tour packs to give a greater range through the testing procedure. Yeah. You know, so that, I mean, that's some of the stuff, but it's a pretty, like, if you're into engineering and manufacturing and just styling, it is actually a pretty damn incredible machine. It's, I'm a gas and oil guy, right? Like, yeah, same. My dream bike beyond being a 1990 fat boy and a 1981 Sturgis is a, is a knucklehead. Right. But I would love to have an easy, a live wire or a variation of it someday. And it's a, it's a motorcycle that was built for a motorcycle enthusiast. Yeah. Right. So the guys that are buying the live wire right now, because it is a high price point, the guys that are buying it have been riding bikes their whole life. And this is like their second or their third bike. And they're either, replacing it or they're adding to their fleet. It's not made to, it's made to show the world what they are capable of doing in the EV world down the road. Um, you're going to see other models and lower price points and stuff like that. But everything on this bike is premium. And, um, yeah, like Joe said, we're gas and oil guys for forever, but being a motorcycle enthusiast, it's pretty dang cool. Oh
0: man. I'm, I'm again, I'm, I love motorcycles in general. So, um, I'm super pro Harley. I don't really think I'll, for the most part, buy anything else. Like, but I mean, like the BMW adventure bikes and stuff, those look pretty fucking fun. You know, one of the, yep, um, yep. one of the companies that definitely is like a really cool inspiration. Something to, uh, I like to watch what they're doing is that arch motorcycles, you know, that Keanu Reeves runs those guys, yeah, oh, man, yeah. those things are just yeah, crazy. Are crazy, you know? And I don't even know if I'd be comfortable riding one, but it's just fucking neat, <laughs> man. You know, like, so right. It's it's hard. I mean, you, and you guys know Harley uh, people are either Harley people done. That's it, or they're fucking. You know, they're they love everything. So it's there's no right. like middle grounds to it. But I mean, I'm not. You you probably will catch me dead before you catch me riding an Indian or something. <laughs> we
1: we will we will never ride an Indian. I probably will never ride one. No. Nah. Other than you know, pile driving it if it was a trade, <laughs> or taking it on a, on a test ride if we're gonna take it on a trade, right? Yeah. But. I do, uh, you know, that adventure, that adventure sport, those adventure sport bikes out there, I find those very intriguing. I'm excited to see what Harley does with that down the road. Yeah. But generally, I, I do like, um, you know, any, I, I just love looking at anything that's gas and oil.
0: Yeah. You know, I love time. looking at
1: cars. I love looking at bikes. You know, I, it's just, it's just fun. Right. Yeah. You know, it's so like my progression of motorcycles when I was a kid was like mini bikes, then I went to like a 1976 or 78. I can't remember. SX170 125 Harley. You know the Aramachi, the Italian, yep, right? Yep, yep. Had one of had one of those. Then I went to a Honda 250 that I right. reveled that I got from him. Then I went to a Suzuki 750 when I was about 16, which that thing was ugly as sin. It was like an 84, <laughs> you know, big old engine, four carburetors. Like, if you ever got them detuned, I can never get the damn thing retuned again, right? Yep. And then I went to an 85 wide glide, which that's been one of my favorite bikes, too. It was right between the switchover of the elect or, or switch over from a four-speed to a five-speed. fucking love the kickstart. Yeah. Yeah, that's a sexy bike. Sorry, man. So yeah, I ride, my point being is I ride I ride everything, but I'm, I'm – at this point, I obviously, since we own, we're dealership, family-owned, and operated, you know, we'll stay with Harleys, but – I mean, I can appreciate all sorts of engines and machines, and I just like to go fast and you know, ride stuff. And we both, you know, if we're going to get out on the highway and go for a long ride, we ride road bike. Yeah, we do.
0: Yeah, that's the bike right we there, huh? We have a little. we, yeah, need, we to, can start we a have
1: gang. Road bike, road bike gang or party. Yeah, do you, road bike bros. Now that I'm a go. part of
0: the Bagger Daddy gang, do I got to do like a special wave on the on the road, or just the same standard biker wave to everybody? Oh. We.
1: Should we you just don't wave, period? Oh. Yeah. Should we just... <laughs> That's new. from California. We could be like sons of roguelike.
0: Sons of roguelike. Yeah. I like it. I, I like to That's get goofy good. when I wave. Sometimes I go, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and people don't know what the fuck to think. But, you know... Right, it, right. It, I think it becomes too we much actually, of a serious uh, deal sometimes.
1: Yeah, we actually... When I turned uh, 40, we act, And I think I told you the story, but we actually rode from... We had Harley ship a couple demos, ship a few demos to San Diego Harley Davidson. That's where yep. the dealer show was that year. Yep. And uh, we back then, our buddy Ty was there at San Diego Harley. And uh, we uh, rode from San Diego on road glides all the way out to Milwaukee's 115th anniversary, Harley Davidson's 115th anniversary celebration. So
0: I don't know if it gets sweet. much cooler than that. We actually uh, lane-splitted for the first time. Oh, yeah. Before you tell that story, we're getting ready to come up on our hour mark. So what I got to do is i got to cancel out the IG Live, and then we got to restart it or else it's just going to shut down on us. I don't want to interrupt this story because this is an important story. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Right. so I'm going to stop it right now, and then I'll restart a new one and join back in. This episode of Shooting the Shit with Speed Kings is brought to you by our friends at SNS Cycle. At SNS Cycle, proven performance is not some sort of empty slogan or marketing catchphrase, but a way of thinking, a mantra. And something we've practiced every day of every week for over 6 decades. That is designed, manufactured, and tested in the heartland of America. Whether it's on the road or off the beaten path, SNS Cycle is the first choice in power sports performance. Okay, we're back. We're back live. So, this is a good thing. This is the, you know, and this is a huge difference, though, in, um, you know, riding in California compared to riding in other states because, uh, you know, we, I've heard this story, but some people don't quite realize what we have here in California. That speaking of California, we probably shouldn't have because they take everything else away from us, but we have this one thing that free states like you guys don't have. But Mm -hmm. we can split lanes, and uh, so I want to hear Joe. Joe, Were you with Jimmy when this in this situation? So it was your first time also. Mm -hmm. So you both had doodoo in your pants,
1: right? (laughs) So like uh, we we left uh, San Diego Harley Davidson, and uh, we were going to our buddy's house, and he's like, "Hey, come over to." We're going over to Ty Ty's house. He's like, "Hey, come over to my house." And we're like, we have no idea how to get to your brick and house.
0: We're from South Dakota, <laughs> yeah. right? We hey, come on over. I'll talk you to know.
2: you
1: guys later. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So he had his uh, service manager brought us over to his house, and uh, we get into traffic. Well, first of all, they never said that we were going to be lane splitting. It's like, hey, follow me. We're going to Tiesl House. Yeah, we're like, oh, okay. Yeah, no big deal, yep. you know, because, uh, you know, we're from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, so. It takes us 20 minutes to get anywhere in our town. Yep. That's it. 20 minutes and you're anywhere you want to go. Right. Jeez. So we start going along and all of a sudden, you know, traffic gets backed up or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, no, no big deal, whatever. And all of a sudden, Keith, that was a service manager at the time, just start going right into between the lanes. And I kind of look over at Joe and I'm like, fuck, are we doing this? <laughs> Never done this before. And boom, started lane splitting all the way to where we need to go. It was scary. It, I was scared. But yep. I've done it. So there you go. I mean, were you scared? Of this? I will say that lane splitting is like a drug. Yeah. You do it once. Yep. And then you just like, like, we, did, like, it scared the shit out of me. But then I was like, this is the best thing that yep. I've ever experienced in my life is like lane splitting. Yeah. There's traffic and I'm immune to it. Yep. I can just go around <laughs> it. Right? Yep. Right. <laughs> it so gets the wild. Whole rest of the, yeah. The whole rest of the trip. I found myself splitting lanes when I wasn't supposed to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is there a time when you're not supposed to though? I just do it no matter what.
1: Well, on the way back, so on the way to Milwaukee, we stopped back in Sioux Falls, and picked up our wives and then we headed to Milwaukee. And at one point Milwaukee or out in Wisconsin by Wisconsin Dells, they were flooding and the interstate was shut down and there was all these detours. And of course I'm just like, fuck it, man, I'm tired of waiting. So I'm like driving on the side, with yeah. lanes <laughs> on the interstate. And I'm like, my wife's smacking me on the back of the head,
0: you know. So you're, you're all, hey. I don't
1: think there's a wrong time yeah. I don't think it's the wrong time, but my wife does.
0: Yeah, you need to tell her, Hey, I've been to California now. Slow your roll.
1: Well, <laughs> right. It was I mean it was pretty crazy. I mean we've never I mean they don't have that here. You know, yeah. You can't put lanes here.
0: So, yeah, and I think that's weird. Crazy. It's hard for me because I'm so used to it, you know I mean I've been splitting lanes ever since I started riding. So it's hard when I go to different states like that and start riding. when I was riding in Colorado um, for four corners last year, I'm like, you get you know I guess for California it's a defense mechanism. You are splitting lanes so that way you're in front of the cars and getting away from them instead of being behind them and sandwiched between two of them when they rear-end each other. You know, Mm -hmm. so – you use it as a defense mechanism and then you go to a different state like Colorado and you're in this pack of cars. And I, I was riding and I'm like getting all eh, like, eh, like I'm fucking coming off of meth and shit, you know? And I'm like, fuck this. I gotta go. And I fucking, you know, just split lanes anyways on their freeway and jammed out. I just can't, you just can't fucking do it. You know? It's just one of those things, but it's, it it is scary. I mean, I've had some definitely some close calls, splitting lanes. I've had some, I've had bikes break down in the middle of splitting lanes in like stopped, like shitty, just stale traffic. Like, and you just look like a moron, you know, you're just like old riding, old choppers and shit. And you're like, "Ah." and then you're just sitting next to a car and your bike's not running and you're like pushing it, you know, through the cars, like playing Frogger and shit. God. It's uh, it's definitely interesting, but it is weird to me that, you know, you we have that law, uh, California, again, of all states, we're able to do something that other states are not able to do. When you guys are able to, you got fucking Yosemite Sam buying a fucking cheeseburger at Burger King and shit with fucking his six shooters fucking all out and shit, you know?
2: <laughs>
1: I don't, I don't get, I wish to, I guess we don't have enough traffic for, for split lane, right. but I certainly wish I could. Cause yeah. And then it carries over into your car. Yeah. So then I, you know, I got home. And I'm in my pickup truck. I'm on the interstate, and there's two semis that are kind of spreading out. Yep. And I'm thinking <laughs> fast, furious bullshit. Like I can make it. I can make it with my Dodge 2500. I know I can.
0: It'll fit. It's going to fit. I'm gonna make it right, fit. It'll
1: fit right. It'll fit. It it. And, then, and then I got like in my head, I'm thinking, just do it, and I'm like, no, it's a stupid idea. You won't know unless you try it. You know, it's like <laughs> a five minute deal. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't do it.
0: It yeah. is wild. I mean, we do have a shit ton of traffic out here, but it's um, I don't know. It's I, I don't know. It should just be po- a part of riding motorcycles, just especially because how can you have different laws, you know, when you're so used to them crossing state lines like that, just for. You know, it's one thing like it's, it's weird for me when I go to Arizona and they don't have a helmet law there. So you got guys doing fucking 90 miles an hour on the freeway with their, you know, big wheel bagger bandana on and shit. And you're just like, what the, what the fuck? I'm not about that life. I wear a helmet no matter what, you know, like it just, yeah. I don't know. You only got one brain, you know, I got two arms, right. you can have an arm, but yeah. I, I only got that yeah. one brain. The, uh,
1: South, South Dakota is not a helmet law state
0: either. Really? Yeah. Do you guys wear helmets In when fact, you ride?
1: Uh, we do, we do now. Our dad got into uh, back in 08, Our dad got into a motorcycle accident, uh-huh. and uh, he was he was actually on a uh, ride with a lot of factory Harley factory execs, and uh, he just missed a turn and got into a bad accident. And ever since he's then, okay, yeah, he's yeah. Thank okay. But uh, you know, we ever since then we've just kind of always wore helmets. Yeah, and you know, it is weird. You're right, though, with the state law, though, because you know, South Dakota the speed limit on the interstate is what
0: 90 yeah like 80. it was crazy no it's,
1: it's 80 i'm sorry i yeah. just do
0: 90 yeah, yeah 80 miles an hour is their speed limit i'm like I, i'm i will get stressed because you need like out here max is like 70 right and i right. get stressed because i'm doing like 80 85 in the van coming back and i'm like oh shit there's a cop uh. and he probably was like this dumb motherfucker slamming his brakes on him. he's going three miles over the speed limit who gives a shit you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm not used to that shit right. yeah.
1: Well, and then we go if we're you know, Minnesota from Snoop Falls is only like thirty miles east of us, twenty miles east. Their speed limit's seventy. So if you're going from South Dakota to Minnesota, then you have to slow down. But you talk about helmets, then you go, I don't even think Iowa has any helmet law, even for kids. Like I remember going down to Okaboji, which is a kind of a lake area <laughs> and I was like, What the hell? There's this mom and dad with like this four year old sitting on his lap with no helmet, and I'm like What's going on? It's like,
0: all right, you don't have to wear helmets in Iowa. It's like, nobody,
1: nobody. Did you say Okaboji? Okaboji. Oh, I, th-
0: I thought that was a city in Star Wars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it probably is. It probably is. They, it's a big uh, it's a big re- kind of resort town, big yeah. lakes and
0: stuff. They, they don't even sell oh, helmets sorry. in Iowa. They don't give a fuck, huh? Probably not. <laughs> no. So. And that's why. You
1: know what's funny is. Now that I wear a helmet all the time, Motoskuka. like every now and again I, I I'll, I'll, for whatever reason I won't wear one. Maybe I'm on a quick test ride or something else. And it's so freeing. I'm just like, Oh, the air in my hair and yeah. you know, but I feel a little bit dirty at the thing, right? Too. Right. Like oh, my yeah. wife and I my wife and I my wife and I we went on a ride last year without you know, we had a babysitter and we went for a ride without helmets. And we got off, we stopped somewhere, we got off, we're like, wait, we feel really naughty. Yeah. You know, right <laughs> you get laid that- I got laid that night.
0: <laughs> we feel so dirty. <laughs> 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 um I I've did it once. I mean I've, you know, maybe I've gone like in Colorado like I crossed the to you know the street with the for the gas station or something without a helmet on but um I got I got the opportunity to ride motorcycles in Hawaii on the Big Island one time. And I so we got there, we flew in, um the next morning we went we got dropped off at the rental place. We rented a Harley and they would give you a helmet, right? And I grabbed one I thought it was the right size and I put it on, I'm riding on about an hour in that, that fucking helmet was pressing just on my forehead so bad. I'm like, there's no fucking yeah. way I'm going to make it today. And I had to just tie it up to the sissy bar. And that was the only time, I mean, that was a eight hour ride around that whole Island, which was a fucking amazing. If you've never got the chance to do that, it was Holy fucking God. amazing. Yeah. The big Island is actually crazy. Cause it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's Hawaii Island. So, but it actually goes up to 4,000 feet elevation. So we went from, you know, sea level, up to like pine tree forest, fucking cold rainy shit in one day on that Island. So it was pretty fucking cool. And then it's, I think of all the places obviously to ride motorcycles on a Hawaii Island, probably that's the one because it's so big and it takes you all day long. You're not just going sitting in traffic all fucking day, like on Waikiki or Maui, you know, I've never been there, but I've heard, but uh, it was definitely a very cool experience, but I did that trip with no helmet. But again, you're on a fucking Island You know, there's not much traffic, you know, like it wasn't, it was a little different situation. Like for me to not, if, if I were to be in a situation like going to Phoenix, Arizona, you know, it's similar traffic. It's a big city. It's similar traffic to California. And you got these guys not wearing helmets. I'm like, nah, not about that life. That freaks me out. I mean, that's probably, I mean, obviously, you know, it's just, it's not the fact you're not wearing a helmet. It's the fact of what if this jackass doesn't see me on the side of his car in the next lane over and he fucking just sideswipes me, you know? right plus i do stupid shit and i've ended up ended up in ditches on my own without another car being there so you know right. I, I think the helmet thing is probably good for me i should probably wear a helmet when i'm walking too but
1: <laughs> so where you know like i have enough
0: oh you froze on us
1: uh, so are you with me yep there you are All right. Stupid stuff. Go to internet. Uh, No, just kidding. Uh, uh, So, you know, like I want to hit the highway to the sun in Montana. I want to do a couple other, you know, where is your favorite or your dream ride that you haven't done or that you have done?
0: You know, I've, I've done a lot of riding in California. So there's a lot of cool routes out here and there's like some fun little stuff, but I haven't, I haven't got to ride the other States. I mean, I would, I want to do an, uh, you know, a coast to coast ride, you know, I mean, I'd love in the end end of my time to say I've ridden every state, you know, um, I don't know if it'll happen. I work too fucking much. That's the the one problem of what I do do is like, I've never been to Sturgis, you know, um, I can't take that amount of time away from my shop. You know what I mean? Like we're, we got to just keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. So to take, you know, say to take two weeks and leave. Yeah. Fucking right, man. That's not the way it works when you're self-employed. That's just the dream of being self-employed, you know. So right. it's uh, it's we've hard. We've never,
1: shit, sure, we've never even been to the rally, and we're only 330 miles away. Yeah, we're
0: the church. <laughs> that's like saying I've never been to Vegas.
1: <laughs> like you said, but hey, we're here to take care of customers. Yeah, yep. ride through on the, way of the Valley. Yeah. When you're when you're hands on, man,
0: it's 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 hard. You know, you gotta be here. You know, I I'm gonna try to go to Sturgis this year. That's one of my bucket list items. I really want to go through like Zion and then Moab and see that stuff. You know, it's a different and man. Even for me, like just I've been to Vegas a million fucking times in my life. You know, I have some times where I'm there like four or five different times in a, in, a, in the year. So, but to when you ride there. It's a completely different experience. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the things you see, you don't take for granted as much when you do in a vehicle. You know, when you're behind right. the windshield and you're in comfort, you got fucking your heated seat on and, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's comfort zone, man. You don't, you're not paying attention to what's out there. Like even when I, I, I live about 45 miles from where I grew up. So I live in you know this the high desert, the city in, in California for 30 some odd years, right? My kids still live there with their mom. And when I, if I go up there for something for them and I ride my bike up there, even just that same trip that I've, uh, you know, that same freeway I've driven on my whole entire life, like I must have, I've spent, you know, done a million gajillion miles on that stretch of freeway. When I ride it, it's like a completely different place. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, man, look at that mountain. Look at that giant rock formation. You know, it's such a trip and such a better experience when you're riding compared to when you're driving fucking anything.
1: Oh yeah. You and, know. and you can really say that for any
0: drive it, exactly. and know, that's, or any ride. That's what I mean. It's like, it's a trip, man, you know, like how different it really is. So it's hard for me to have like one thing where I'm like, I want to, you know, I've had this best ride or I've, I've had some really fun experiences I've had like, you know, um, I mean, from going from riding old kickstart choppers and camping out for nights and stuff like that to like riding the bikes we ride today and doing the same kind of situation. But now I'm a bougie bitch and I sleep in a hotel, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's the, I think for me, it's just the ride. I I just enjoy the ride no matter where it's going, you know? So yeah. I can't, I don't have one top ride I would say on my list right now, but Hawaii is high <laughs> up there just cause that was a, i had never been to Hawaii for one. I was only there for four hours, went to sleep, woke up and rode the whole Island. You know, I think for, yeah. if you're going to go experience Hawaii in the sense, I think I did it the right way, you know? And yeah. that was a, definitely a, a cool one. And a kind of surreal, you know, we stopped at certain places. We, that day we only visited, um, well that whole trip, every trip we make, we, we, I've been there twice now and we only visit, um, like small businesses, like family owned, like, businesses of the island we're not going i'm not going to fucking walmart i'm not going you know to applebee's for dinner like we're going to go to this little fucking place right here because it's an island place you know so um i found my favorite restaurant on that trip which i've been there twice now you know both trips i make it's a two-hour drive from where we stay to go there and it's a uh, the furthest south restaurant in the united states because it's on the southern tip of that island And it, uh, just, it looks like a house, man. You kind of don't even realize it's a restaurant. It looks like a little house, but man, the food there, that moco loco there, (laughs) you know, couldn't even tell you what the place is called, but (laughs) I just know where it's at, (laughs) but you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I think this year when we, when the bagger's done, I'm really looking forward to trying to get my goal with this bagger, as far as after the build is completed is to get that thing, that bike across as many state lines as I can and not in the back of my van. Right. You know, I want to, I, I want to ride it.
1: When you were talking, you know, you were talking about the ride to like, or going to Vegas and you've been there a few times. I will say that when Jimmy and I were riding back from San Diego to Sioux Falls and then on to Milwaukee, I was actually kind of disappointed with the ride from LA to Vegas.
0: Yeah. The yeah. It's nothing special.
1: And, no, you know, and let me, tell you why because i've never been on that road before so in my head i'm thinking of every single hollywood movie i've ever seen of these dust you know these little two-lane dusty highways and fucking riding and instead i'm stuck on an interstate that's like 45 lanes of non-stop semi-traffic heading to vegas
0: yeah it
1: was still once again i've never had a bad ride yeah and it was still a lot of cool shit to see it was just once again different than what i expected zion national park was really cool that was badass we went through zion national park and that was like
0: that was badass yeah i really want to see that that would be you know i'm finishing my wife's fxr so she'll have a better long travel bike as well and then with the road glide i think this year is kind of our year where we'll take multiple days away you know even if we gotta do it over the weekend period where we're taking friday and monday off and getting out and actually going a little bit further, you know, seeing a little bit more stuff. You know, I have some, um, some old friends of mine that I grew up dirt bike riding with, you know, um, and they're, they're a little older than me, but I, I, I grew up when we were in the desert riding dirt bikes with these people. And they actually, I think he rides a gold wing or something, but what they do is they run, they run their own business, right. Um, the, the husband and wife and they, um, on the weekends when they have like, okay, we're gonna be labor day weekend or long weekends. They fly to where they left the bike because they'll ride and then they put the bike in storage and they fly back knowing that in a few weeks or a month or a month and a half, they're going to fly back to get the bike, pull the bike out of storage and then go ride wherever they may get to. And then they're going to do the same exact thing there. They're going to put the bike in storage and then they're going to fly back, you know, work for a month or a month and a half, two months, and then they're going to fly, you know? And so they're seeing, I guess the country in like segments, You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is a pretty interesting uh, concept. I've never heard of anybody doing that, but it's kind of wild when you think about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we we had a buddy that did, not throughout the country, but he rode, did the same thing similarly. He rode up to Alaska from South Dakota and then left the bike there for three weeks and came back, you know, flew back, went to work, and then flew back up and rode it back down. I'd like to do something like that, too. Yeah,
0: that would be fun. I, I would be fun to cross the Canadian border on a bike. Have you guys done that? I mean, don't you guys wait. are closer to the Canadian border than I am for sure.
1: Honestly, I, I don't know if Canada will let me in. So I've never tried. <laughs> yeah. Like I could probably cross the border, but seriously, I don't know if Joe would be able to cross the border. No. We were riding up in Northern Michigan last summer after the dealer show. Again, we made a ride of it and we're like, Hey, should we go up to Canada? And I was like, I don't know if I can get in. Oh, yeah. Like, what are the requirements? <laughs> legally with yeah. your record to allow you to get in. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't know if you want to get into that reason.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all yeah, fortunate. A,
0: I, I'm pretty sure I can get in. I don't think I have anything that would uh, stop me. Luckily.
1: There you go. Have uh, you ever done an iron butt?
0: Yes, I have. I did it. Uh, really? Well, I did it for the ride one K in a day, which is another, um, it's the same deal. It's a thousand miles within under 24 hours. Um, uh, but my guy, um, Curtis runs it on Instagram. So same situation. You got to submit all your receipts and stuff and blah, blah. Um, but yeah, I'm actually a spot. We're a spot. We were the first sponsor of the challenge and I'm the only sponsor that I'm aware of maybe besides Bob who has ridden it. And I did it on my Dyna. God, it's gotta been five years ago now. And we did me and my buddy did it together and we did it in 17 hours it was, it was, fat. it we, at that day was wild. I mean, that, that was, I guess that'd be a very memorable ride for me. You know, um, we left at four in the morning on Mother's Day from Orange County. I was living in Orange County at that time. And we left and we went straight to, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. And by the time we got to Flag, you know, we're leaving, it's pretty cold out. Um, and the sun's coming up on us, you know, you're warm up by the time you get to Flagstaff, it's now snowing on us. So we rode through all this snow and then we dropped back down into Phoenix and now it's so fucking hot, you know, you got to fucking, you're shedding fucking layers and shit. Then you get through like Yuma and stuff like that. Cause we basically did this big circle through Arizona and back through San Diego and back at to Orange County. And then we hit this crazy winds where you're just fucking, you know, you're riding at a 45 degree angle. And then, uh, you know, back home, we got home at, it was something like nine or 10 o'clock at night and it was done. It was a cool experience. That was fun. Yeah. It was wild. Um, but yeah, we we jammed at that time we had the fastest record on the on that circuit, you know, the Ride one K in a day deal. We held that for a, at least a year, right. I think. But I think somebody's beat us right. down somewhere in the sixteen hour range. Yeah.
1: I know I, I've done a you're right. I've done a couple and um I've done it twice and the only I only kept track of all the miles in that bullshit one time. Yeah. And it was quite the experience. Same thing. I left at like five eight the first one was no problem. I just, I rode out actually to the Black Hills from Sioux Falls back on, you know, rode out there for a few hours, rode back all in this interstate. So I left at 5 a.m., got done at 10.30 p.m. The next one I did, I was riding with a buddy of mine that's a photographer, and he wanted to take all back roads. Yeah, I was like, yeah, hey, no big deal. But then, you know, instead of doing 85, 90 on the interstate, we're doing 55 the whole time. Oh, yeah, Definitely. So that, that one came down to the wire. That was like twenty three hours. Like I didn't get above sixty miles an hour until the eight hundred and forty mile mark. Oh, out wow! out by fucking wall, South Dakota is when we finally got on the interstate. But yeah. We actually had a group of customers that rode from Canada down friends' customers, our uncle did it too. Canada to Mexico in a day, right? Yeah. yeah. Border to
0: border. Yeah, that'd be fun. Have you guys ever rode Mexico?
1: No. Oh, uh, yeah. it's wild. You?
0: Oh yeah. Is it? I've been out there twice now on the bike. We go for um for Biltwell's EDR. If you guys yeah. that's a good one. That you guys should ship some bikes out, fly out, let's do it. It's fun. Spend uh <laughs> spend what do we do? Three, four days in San Felipe? Oh yeah. One the first year I, I lit a fire, I lit a bottle rocket out of my butt crack. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is more fun the bottle rocket out of your butt crack
0: or or what else do you do there <laughs> oh i got we got i got the shits the day i left <laughs> you, well you were you were you're riding home from mexico with the fucking the bubble guts and the shits from all the fucking ice i guess and fucking uh in your in your because you know you're You're on the water, man. You got to drink them fucking strawberry daiquiris and the fucking coconut and shit, you know, fancy girl shit. And, uh, man, we, I definitely had the shits on the way home though. It was a, it was a rough ride home, but it's a fun, fun, uh, situation. If you've never, if you've ever thought about going to EDR, I recommend it. You know, it's just, um, it's a cool environment altogether, man. You're, you're in Mexico on the on the fucking water with a bunch of people who just love motorcycles you know and are there just to fucking have fun you know and uh the last the last one was not fun me and my wife went and she rides you know up until her is finished she has a, a, a 2009 sportster and she's rode that you know there twice now and there's a solid stretch from the last gas station in mexicali to the first gas station in San Felipe and it's a hundred miles and that Sportster gas tank gets a hundred miles. So, you know, you're, you're, you're sucking that gas, you know, uh, um, yeah. she, she made it every time, you know, not a big deal. And on the, this last trip before we left, I put some new leather pro saddlebags on her, uh, on her Sportster. Well, she's fine at the gas station. We fuel up and we're like, oh, right, cool. The, the, from there, the, the where we stay is only 15 miles. So it's not far. You can go to the little, you know, San Felipe city and boom, you're there. When we get there, one of her saddlebags is now missing, so it fell oh. off between the gas station and the 15 mile ride. So I jump on my bike, I take off right away. Nah, fucking that, that thing's gone there. If it fell off in the city, you know, it got swooped right away. They're already sniffing her panties and everything. You know that shit's fucking done for. You know, and if it got fell off on the highway part, you know, I was looking on the side of the road. It could have skidded off into the desert. You know who knows. So at that point, she's like. Oh. Bummed, of course. You know, she's not a she's not a guy where we're like, ah, who gives a fuck? We can wear these underwear for four days. I don't give a shit. You know, like she's like every all my clothes were in there, blah blah. I'm like, ah fuck. So said, so, well, jump on the back of my bike, let's go into town, let's see if we can find some clothes, you know, before we, you know, call it or whatever. We get into town. I'm like, you need a drink? Let's get a drink. Let's get some food. So we stop at this little bar, get some tacos, get a couple of beers, you know, get her a cocktail. And the waitress comes out with a tray full of cerveza. And I say cerveza because we were in Mexico and that's Mexican for for beer. And, uh, and, uh, she, he comes walking out and just dumps the whole tray of cervezas on my wife. And I'm just like, ooh. And I look at my wife's face and she's just like the look of defeat. Like she's fucking done. And I just look at her and go, you want to go home in the morning? She's all, yep. I'm like, cool, let's just go back then. We'll go back to the hotel. Like there's no point in trying to find clothes then. And we walked around. We did like one loop uh, around the campground with all of our friends there. Said hi to everybody that we didn't ride with. I think we were asleep while the sun was still up. We woke up at like 6 in the morning, jumped back on the bikes, and we went home. And that was our 24 hours less than 24 hours in mexico but Ooh. if we didn't have a situation like that you know it, i figured i've never had back-to-back bad situations happen like that to me you know and i'm like okay that the ba- missing the bag strike one the drinks falling on her strike two what is strike three gonna be you know what i mean let's just get the fuck out of mexico fuck this shit Right. you know I mean, At
1: least, uh- at least you got a story to
0: tell. Yeah, I think we made the right decision. And at the end of the day, it was like it was a badass ride home together. You know, it was a lot of fun with the ride and everything. And, you know, it just kind of is what it was. And the um, it, the next one is next year. They do it every two years. So you still have – it's usually in in May or March or May around that time. So you still got a year. But it's, uh, it's definitely a fun uh, deal. I mean, you know – how many times you get to drink and ride motorcycles in Mexico, you know, and we go through Mexicali. Right. So it's not like we're not going through Tijuana. I ain't fucking riding through Tijuana. No, thank you. But we go through Mexicali. I, I feel it's like the safer of the two borders and you know, it's uh, we've never had any issues when we, even when we've, we've ridden out there with only like two or three people, you know, together in a group and never had any kind of weird issues or anything like that. So, mm.
1: Yeah, being being way up north here, of course, we never know what that'd be like to ride down through Mexico, but that would be pretty badass. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. that's why you know. For me now, it's like okay, I've ridden Mexico. I haven't ridden very far in Mexico. San Felipe is maybe, uh, maybe two hours from the border, so it's not like super deep Mexico. Um, But I, you know, I would be fun. I have a lot of. I actually know a lot of people in Canada from social media, so I have a lot of friends in Canada. So it would be fun for me to go up to Canada, and I've always thought Canada was kind of neat, you know. Um, So I'd be—I always would like to ride up there, or just at least go. They're really nice
1: up there.
0: Is it? Yeah. Everybody in Canada up really nice. Joe wouldn't know, but at least Jimmy knows.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Not loud up there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I could get—I think I could jump the border fence. They yeah. have one up in Canada. I mean, that shit has to be off the record, right? I think it is. How long does? Uh, never mind. We'll just keep yeah. moving along. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll just say it is. Just try it out. See what happens. How right. far are you guys away from the Canadian border?
1: Uh, we are
0: about 600 six miles. Yeah. Six oh, okay. hours. So it's still, it's still, you know, so still we, a ways.
1: Had, yeah. You know, we got the store up in Fargo, as we mentioned in three hours. There, you know, we do that, you know, that's what, 270 miles. Yeah. We do that in about three hours and 15 minutes.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So is we it, tr- got, I
1: mean, what?
0: Is it true that the people in Fargo have like a crazy accent, like on the movie?
1: That movie was actually filmed in, uh, Minnesota.
0: Okay, but Fargo.
1: <laughs> they actually they, Fargo does have in the at the CBB in Fargo, they have a wood chipper. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the Convention funny. Visitors Bureau. They got a wood chipper. And you know, they they talk I mean it's a slight accent. There's a slight accent, but it's a little less it's a little bit more than ours, but yeah. Do we have an accent?
0: Um I feel like Joe has one more than you do. But that's not like just because just certain words, not like you're, you know, the whole time you're not, you know, it's not like I hear an accent the whole time, but certain words, like when you say Fargo, it's like, Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: looked like a character off, off of South Park when you did that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah I, I guess I kind of, yeah. Fargo, McDonald's, McDonald's, <laughs> McDonald's, <Fargo>. <laughs> McDonald's, <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's. May, do we have accents?
2: um i i don't know if may I, mayor may our, is,
1: our event coordinator is from california so yeah. we're asking her if we have access i
2: don't know if it's just because like i'm i grew up here so oh yeah. I, may I
0: come, come over in the camera and say me. hi come in the
1: camera
2: say hello this is from california yeah, yeah. from yeah. california from
0: i'm uh i was born in oxnard so oxnard okay we're in, in riverside Georgia county yep yep yeah. there you go so we're how did sure. you end up there
2: my parents, uh, my mom's an interpreter, so you don't really need that in California. And then my dad's a plumber, and there's too many of those down there. so An interpreter? It's
0: not an interpreter for yeah. what? For South, for, for Ban- Fargo Ban- people?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, for Chinese? No. What do you? Say? Oh, for Spanish. Oh.
2: Yeah, for Spanish.
0: Does she make sure that the? they sp- Mexican. Yeah. yeah. I'm
2: Mexican. Uh, did, so when, did, I go down to Mexico a lot.
0: So when, um, how is the Mexican food in South Dakota then? Is it on point uh, or is it's it's it pretty, like?
2: It's pretty good, but I mean, they're my dad's friends, so I can't really <laughs> say that. <they're bad. laughs>
0: that's all right. They're probably not going to watch this.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but, no. Yeah, I really like it. It's- yeah. pretty good, not that not was, as good as, that's um, one of the hard turkey, things but. coming
0: from california you know we have such a <laughs> a, a giant you know uh, spanish culture you know and and having really good mexican food here you know even the little the little taco shops here are amazing and then you go to other states and they're like oh yeah mexican cuisine or whatever and you go there and I'm and like this ain't mexican food yeah man. we
2: don't really have street tacos here i yeah. mean there's like the truck or whatever on like saturdays or whatever after the bars but yep. yeah other than that we don't really have like the food trucks just all out and about like there's
0: in LA yeah well we're pretty we're like 45 miles. I don't I don't go to LA fuck LA I can't do it too much traffic <laughs> too much traffic but I, I go to Chatsworth and that's as far as I go which Chatsworth's on the outskirts and that's where Valley Customs is and Valley Customs has all our paint on our bikes and that's as beyond that I'm good man I just can't do the LA thing Riverside. So it's,
1: May's, uh, May has never really been around. May's never really been around motorcycles, until she started working here.
0: Yeah, oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Do you ride motorcycles so you now or
2: so no? Far? I think they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> need to take riding academy. Yeah. Hopefully, sometime
0: soon. Yeah, when it's when it's not yeah. twenty degrees out. How do you like that weather comparison?
2: Um, I stay home most of the time. <laughs> I, I mean, I bring a blanket to work so <laughs> i guess. They let, me, they let me keep a blanket here so. while well, these guys are in sh- you know, shorts I, I and short like sleeve shirts what
0: i said while well, these guys are in shorts that you got a blanket yeah. on
2: yeah. yeah pretty much
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah we never have one blanket that's it i came with two blankets that's
2: deal breaker. oh i might bring my snuggy and trade that out
0: wow <laughs> um what is this guy? Anyone down there know where Oroville, Washington? Oroville, Washington—is that what he's asking? Nope. I don't
1: know. Nope.
0: Nope. Is that
1: where the COVID
0: came from? I, no, I think that's where they do the Orville Redenbacher popcorn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. How yeah. many? You got, how many employees you take guys over, got?
1: Uh, gonna take over for anna because anna had to go get her baby
0: from uh daycare. Baby yeah. duty that's the way it works huh yeah but see anna's <laughs> hey, so, go ahead
1: i was just gonna say what do you think of those new uh harley coming out the dual sport
0: the pan-american i think it's gonna be cool i want to ride it i want to ride everything but i mean it's gonna be interesting i want to see hmm, you know one of the things I've noticed about Harley is that they kind of are hit or miss with what they come out with. You know what I mean? Um, the soft tail platform for a lot of people in the beginning was a big miss, which was weird. I don't know why it happened that way, but there was so much like backlash from the internet groups and like, blah, blah, blah. Um, and they're like, Oh, you know, (laughs) I, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't understand it in the beginning because it was just like, yeah, after you throw ten thousand dollars after it's a cool bike. I'm like, well, yeah, that's the Dyna. The Dyna is the same fucking way. No stock Dyna is cool. It looks like shit. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the whole point right. of what we all do as a community in the performance situation. You throw a bunch of fucking money at it and cool parts, and that's what makes it a performance bike. Now, you know, not it doesn't come off the fucking fleet as a performance bike. You know, um, right. So it was a kind I mean, of a- how
1: sexy is a how sexy is a stock Super Glide.
0: Yeah. Pfft, ah, ah, gross. I have one in my, I have an O2. It's basically stock sitting in here. I ah, fucking bike's so gross, dude. You know, I bought it just to flip and I couldn't even stand looking at the pipe on I had to put a different pipe on it and shit. I'm like, ah, God damn it. You know, but yeah. now, I'm, now I'm in it deeper. So I got to sell it for more money. But right. I, that was the weird, and I'm sure you guys probably saw it too. It was just a weird I don't know. I guess it was just something I, in the internet days, somebody has to have something to get mad at and make a big deal about so they can be heard, you know, because they're bored yep. or whatever. But, um, so right. it's going to be, you know, they came out with the low, the new lowrider S which I think is closer to the, you know, the performance market that people are wanting. So I think they got it good with that one. I mean, that one, I feel like you can pull it in and do some, things to it and it's going to be way closer to what we want as a performance uh, group than any bike they've ever released. Um, I thought it was weird on the new fat bobs that they had like inverted and were more like performance based, but then they had forward controls. It didn't make any sense to me. Nobody and you know, no performance situation requires forward controls, just plain and simple, you know? Um, but then they're going with now the Pan American, the dual sport. It's like, I think they look super neat, I would love to see like the suspension they're going to be putting on them, you know, and stuff like that, because that's always one of my big things on these bikes. Like even their inverted front ends, they get something already done. Like I, I, I have a, a lowrider S here, a brand new one that I'm building for, um, four corners. And one of the first things we did was throw GP suspension cartridges in their inverted front end, because, you know, it's like, it's tunable. It's not, you know, the show, suspension for me is not, set up for anybody, you know, you, you sell it to a guy that wears, weighs 200 pounds and you sell it to a guy who weighs 500 pounds. You didn't do anything to the suspension itself. So to have suspension like that, if they have that similar suspension on the Pan American, you know, obviously good and bad, good thing about it. It opens up an aftermarket community for it bad thing is you bought this bike and you have to change the suspension, (laughs) you know? So it's going to be interesting to see it, you know? So I, I look at it, I guess from a different couple of different points of view, I do think it's cool that they're coming with something for that market. Like they're, they're like expanding essentially, you know what I mean? Um, because you get, you have to change, you have to have change, you have to have something, you know, but, uh, it's definitely interesting to see. I, when are they, when do they have that like going into production,
1: So we are supposed to get them towards the end of fourth quarter this year.
0: Okay, okay, so So, before the end of the year. That's what we're
1: supposed to, but, you know, right now they do have a, they have stopped production for a little bit because of the whole COVID thing. The factory is shut down, you know. Yeah. Um, They're supposed to be kicking back up the first part of next month. Um, But, yeah, you know, like you said, I feel like with being the world's leading motorcycle manufacturer, the Livewire, the Pan America, all those other segments, those are segments we should be in.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know,
1: and, and, and even with like Buell, I, we were a Buell dealer for a number of years. And, you know, Buell's, Buell's never sold that well for us, especially because we don't have twisties, right? It's yeah, just straight yeah. and, and right angle corners. But, and, you know, actually, the 25 odd years Buell was in business, they never once made money as a manufacturer. Yeah. Never once. Definitely not. It was always subsidized by Harley. Yeah. But there was a lot of cool engineering. I think Eric Buell was pretty rock. I mean, like even the ZTL braking with the brakes on the perimeter of the wheel, there was a lot of cool engineering things Definitely. that they did that you see in future designs. Even though that they it didn't necessarily take off in, in terms of sales, yep. sales. I mean, and so like you said, even, even if it helps with engineering, even and I'm actually with the LiveWire, I'm proud of the fact that American Company was the first one on a large scale production model to come out with an EV motorcycle. An American company, you know, I think that's pretty cool. It's not, you know, most people don't associate American companies. I should say it this way. Traditional long running companies like Harley are not known for their innovation.
0: Yeah, big time, big time.
1: Right. So I like the fact that they actually are putting some effort into engineering and coming up with some new designs. Whether or not it appeals to everybody, nothing's ever going to. No. But I think it's cool that they're at least putting effort into it. I mean, there'll be haters out there and then there'll be people that like it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The proof
0: will be in rides. No, definitely. I mean, definitely. Again, right. you know, it's the same thing with the soft tail. Like I was saying, there were so many people that hated on it and it's those same people that hated on it that are now getting into it. You know what I mean? And they're already three, you know, what are we, three years in now? They're three years behind, especially as businesses. Yeah. All the businesses that were hating on it, ah, fuck this thing, blah, blah, blah. And they're three years behind now. Now they're buying them today and, and acting like they're reinventing the wheel by building one. And it's like, man, we did that already. You know, it's that, 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 that yeah. bike's already been going. Like it was the best platform ever made for me, in my opinion, by Harley yet. Best platform. Yeah. Love the motor. Love the know, fuck everything. Yeah.
2: And you know, I find
1: myself getting into some of that hating mentality sometimes too. There's some motorcycles I don't like, that, but then when I actually give it a chance and ride it like the sport glide, the softail sport glide, you know, that was when Harley came out with that bike, I was kind of like, ah. I just don't see it. I'm not really into it. But then when you ride it, it's actually a pretty damn good solid machine all the way around.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what they did with the, the FXLRS now. The you know the new Lowrider S. They took those components from the from the Fat Bob and the Sport Glide and actually made uh, a perfect bike. You know, a perfect yeah. starter bike. You know what I mean? Like here it right. is. It's got all the um, appealing components for the performance market, and you could take it and just ride it as is if you wanted to. Or you can, you know, obviously start adding some things, but you're closer to the point there than you ever have been. You know what I mean? Right. Um, But I I don't know. That's kind of the thing about Harleys, though, that always brings people like me that love them so much. I don't want to buy a finished bike. I don't want to buy a started bike. You know, like now, like they have that new soft tail platform. That's what's like 13 grand, you know? It's like,
1: that's a perfect
0: fucking bike because it's cheap. Those don't... Go yeah,
1: ahead. those sell right away. They don't sit on the floor. Oh, yeah, I Yeah, we bet. sell a lot of it. And they're good looking, like you said, but it's just a blank canvas. Yeah, I agree. It's That's easy. what I want.
0: Even when I go buy a used bike, like, you know, I don't want a bike that anybody's touched. I want, like, the bike I got from you guys. Perfect never even swapped the handlebars out stock grips still. Like, you know what I mean? Bike had 26,000 miles on. it. It's not too old, not too, you know, not too many, not too little kind of deal. You know, it's like the perfect bike. Like, and now I get to be the first person to take the fucking thing apart and ruin it. You know, I don't want somebody else to have already ruined it for me. You know what I mean? Like, Even when I had my Dyna, my orange Dyna, that's all been done up now. When I bought that bike, I bought it from an old man. It had fucking like a big old windshield and like aftermarket accessory, like headlights, like a soft tail and shit, you know? And it was like, perfect. You know, that guy never did one burnout. You know what I mean? Like it was not beat up, right, right. you know? And it's, uh, <laughs> that's what I look for as like when I'm buying a used bike. I look for bikes that have not been beat up. Right. You know.
1: And you know what you were talking about too with a, a suspension and everything. And I agree that. Uh, some of Harley's models, if you're really into riding, it's good to look at some options. But mo- you'd be surprised at the number of people that ride their motorcycles in here that aren't checking their tire pressure on a regular oh. basis, right? And they're not checking to see how their suspension's adjusted. They'll, they'll go from being by themselves to putting their old lady on the back with yep. 300 pounds of gear, and they never want make make any adjustments. Yeah, and, yeah. Then we, you know, so, and part of that, honestly, is part of it is the dealer's fault it's yep. our job in the delivery process to educate the customers on hey this is what you need to be doing when you get out and ride you yep. know but so yeah that's you know when people come to us with, in terms of their new bike and saying it's not riding right a lot of times it's because you just gotta tune that the suspension the best way and like you said there's a lot of phenomenal aftermarket companies out there that oh, make definitely. killer shots. Too. You know,
0: and, and look at the aftermarket community um, for Harleys versus any other make. <clears throat> you know what I mean? If you go out like my buddy, he went from a, um, uh, a low rider S an older one, like a 16, 17 low rider S to now he's riding a Beamer. I don't know what the fuck it's called. Spaceship thing. And oh. you know, he, what what, what fun is it? He gets to put an aftermarket Baja design light on it, or maybe he gets a change of, you know, the windshield color. Like, I don't know. He loves the bike and he's got nothing but good things to say about the bike, which is great. It's fast. It fucking gets him where he's going, like blah, blah, blah. But there's no, there's no personalization there. There's no, this bike is now my bike. You know what I mean? Like I made this bike, my bike. It's like, no, it's you buy it. It's done. It's cool. It's good. And it's a great bike, you know, but That's where Harley beats everything for me because I'm a product of hot wheels. You know what I mean? I, I grew up playing with hot wheels. So you had this hot wheel that this one's different than this one and this, than this one than this one, you know, and that's what I do with my bikes. That's what I do with my cars. That's what I'm, you know, that's where I waste all of my money. You know, that's why I eat top ramen at night because my bikes look good, you know, and it's, it's, but it separates our bikes and it gives us a platform. It's art at the end of the day. We're expressing ourselves essentially through our motorcycles, you know, doing all these upgrades and fixes and playing, learning, you know, for us, like we've been using all these bikes to expand our personal product line. Like one of the things I realized recently that there's no touring fork braces, and I know that most touring bikes, especially that you guys see, have the cowbells still on them. You know, how are you can right. do a fork brace? then. I get it. But I took my cowbells off. So my just fork leg, just like ever, and then the lowers. Well, now I can put a fork brace on it. So by the end of next week, we will have touring fork braces. You know, and if you yeah, look at the performance right. market, there's a lot of bikes that are running no cowbells and just fork legs and lowers and they have nothing covering their dust seals at that point. You know what I mean? So, or, you know, we'll have right. something to to fix that. And it's like those little things, like, you know, that's what we love to do. That's why I do this to build bikes and to, you know, make stupid shit <laughs> 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 and to hopefully make money doing that. I don't know if that happens, but you know,
1: right? I, you know, uh, there a uh, profit is not a bad word.
0: No, no, you know? it's, it's funny too, because you know, All of our hard parts, everything that we do as far as handlebars, uh, machine components, everything is made right here in Southern California, Um, right? I used uh, two different manufacturers here in Southern California. This manufacturer does a few things, this manufacturer does a few things, right? So, and then, you know, with that, unfortunately comes a higher price, right? But we try to price our things that it's competitive, and we're not, you know, it's it's not the highest price thing. It's not the lowest price thing, but it's right there in the middle where, you know, we can offer a dealer price, you know what I mean? We can, um, you know, and that kind of thing. I do I'm never, you know, we're not priced to ever be like in distribution or anything, but we're priced right, I feel. And it's the craziest shit to me when I get people coming on our social media feed um, and bitch or complain about the price. But yet we're going through a lot of this shit we're going through right now. Because you were paying 50 cents, you know, for something that should have been made in America, that would have been $5. And if we you know, that mentality has to go for all of companies like us to stay here and keep doing this. But if we keep that same Amazon, you know, mentality, we're never going to get through what we're already going through today, you know, and it's just wild.
1: Yeah. You know, and the people just don't understand that there is a cost associated with something and yep. you have to make a profit. If you're going to keep servicing your customers, we have to try to maximize every opportunity. When we sell a motorcycle, yep. you know, we going to want to sell them some parts, want to sell them a helmet, yep. a new jacket. You know, it just it, it allows us to pay our people and pay yep. their insurance and they can go home and buy their groceries and yep. live a good life.
0: Yeah. Most of the people that complain about the pricing and stuff like that don't quite understand one margins or overhead. You know, you guys is overhead. I couldn't even imagine it at this point. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, but you know, you're, you're, you're doing your thing. You're killing it. You're, you're providing. And that's the biggest thing for me as a business owner. Like we're so busy right now. I'm like, fuck, I think we need to hire another person, which will bring us up to four people. That's a lot to me, (laughs) you know, but That's why I started this business also was to hire people. So we are now providing, you know, you guys provide for, you know, how I don't know how between, you know, all your dealerships, hundreds of families, you know, that's an amazing thing that, you know, kind of gets overlooked by people when we make a part you know, our packaging material comes from Northern California, our material, you know, that we machine comes from the United States. So it's coming from probably somewhere. I don't know where they make it, but you know, all our stuff's machined in California. So we're providing for multiple families along the line, all the way down to the people that work at speed Kings and selling you the part, you know what I mean? So when people start really thinking about the chain reaction of what that one part you're buying, that was American made, that was 30, $40 more than the other part, but you just provided for how many families in our own state you know yeah it's a trip and also you know we are legit we have manufacturing insurance and all that stuff so we also have you know overhead and things just to be able to provide products you know what I mean people don't realize that that there's an actual manufacturing insurance so if one of our products you know were to fail and somebody get injured, we have an insurance to back it. Not we're not just some guy in the garage making a component that if it if it hurts you by failing, well nope, we just change our name and move on to the next, you know? It's uh it's certain things like that people don't quite understand, I think, in the long run of how business works.
1: Yeah. And you know, Jimmy and I we were fortunate to, you know, take over the business from our, our dad and uncle and now when we say take over the business, we, we have thirty year loans. That, that means that we're taking over the business. You know, and, and the tough part for us was learning and growing up in the business. We knew we were passionate about motorcycles. Yep. But you know, so it, it's difficult to transitioning from being your coworker's friends to as you, you know, I, was part, I went from being a salesman to a parts manager, you know, and then, and then the role changed. But I can only imagine, I gotta give you props for starting a new, you know, we already had the groundwork or the bedrock yeah. of our business in place with our family. But a guy like you, I mean, I imagine it was just a ton of stuff to have to learn over the years as you're going through the process.
0: I don't even know what I'm doing today.
1: (laughs) you know what's odd we feel the same
0: way every uh, day i tell people that all the time that you know i got a lot of people i've known that know me since we started this you know again i I started this in a garage going through a divorce you know just like i'm gonna build this old iron head and i need this one part and i've always been in a metal fabrication and manufacturing so i knew how to make stuff and design stuff so well if i'm gonna make one i'm gonna make a hundred There's no point. And let's try to sell them. If I need it, somebody else may need it. So that's kind of how this snowballed into whatever the fuck it is today. But it's a, I have no idea what I'm doing, man. Every day I just make sure I come here and I fucking do because I, you know, there's, it's just, I have a, I have a plan for it. I want it to have a future. You know, I'm not here to like see how much money I can make on this one little thing and then get the fuck out. You know, I mean, and there's plenty of those people, you know, but it's a, it is a trip, man. I, you know, again, like I said earlier, I was reflecting on our, our, our interaction when I was out there and the reason I was coming out there and why I went there. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? This is a trip. Like, you know, like what a weird situation to be in, you know, like this is not normal you know what I mean? Right. Your normal person doesn't do this stuff, you know, like, and I, and that's, you know, I, I used to smoke a bunch of weed and stuff like that. And I had to stop smoking weed because I'd probably smoke too much or I'd eat too many edibles. And at night I'd lay in bed and I'd beat myself up in the brain. I'd be like, you're an idiot. What are you doing? Go get a job. You have no idea what you're doing. Like, you know, blah, 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 all this shit. And I would just sit there and punch myself in the brain. And I'm like, man, I got to stop doing this. This is bad news. (laughs) So I had to stop smoking weed and stuff, you know, and just kind of like, which also led to me stop drinking. And now I just focus every day and it shows, you know, it it definitely being a little bit more sober uh, for me actually helps me. (laughs) Now I drink a God awful amount of coffee though. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: that's it, badass. Yeah. No, it, it is, yeah, but like I said, it's just that's that's what people don't understand. Like you said it earlier, it's like, oh own your own business, you can take vacations and go, it's like, nah, man, no. it's like you know, it's like <laughs> it just means you it, it, your your employees can take vacations, but yep. you can't, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <Yep. gonna> go. <laughs> and we're and we're really fortunate that we have a lot of long term employees. We've some people have been with us for twenty plus years that we've known that whole time. So and that's really that's why what I said earlier we're in the people business as much as Definitely. we're in the motorcycle business. Definitely. You know?
0: And in this day and age, you have so, to be plain and simple right. again, you know, like so, we get put into positions where, you know, there's people trying to scam us out of some free shit, you know, it's just the way it is. But there's a where we get in, put in with something that maybe somebody got something bad or whatever it may be. And I always just have to say, what would I want the company to do if it was me and their shoes? Right. You know what I mean? I've definitely had situations where I'm like, well, I'm going to refund you. I'm going to send you the item for free. And I've lost money on deals, not just a dollar, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You know, then you have times where you get somebody that gets their, you know, $800 saddlebags and opens a credit card claim against you. And, you know, they fucking got them and they win it. And then you're out fucking $900 because you had to pay for the claim. You know, it's like, it's crazy to be in business and see those kind of things that people don't even understand or realize that happens on a daily basis. But yeah. again, I got to drive out to South Dakota to pick up a bike, you know, like the craziest shit that I get to do because I'm this stupid guy on the internet, that you know, talk shit and like makes dumb shit, you know? And it's like, just for being myself, fortunately, I don't put on a character or nothing. I am this stupid. I always say, and this is who I am. And I'm, I guess I'm fortunate in that sense too, but I work yeah. so from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. Every fucking day, seven yep. days a week, you know, it yep. has to be that it way. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't stop. No, it, doesn't it stop. definitely you doesn't stop. All right, guys. Well, I actually cool. got to take a piss and I think we're going on our two hours here. So well, yeah. I'm sure you guys got to finish up your day and I got to start my day. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys we really coming appreciate-
1: on. Hey, no, yeah. We, we really appreciate the relationship and, uh, the friendship and we just look forward to working with you in the future and doing everything that we can to, uh, you know, help provide the sport and the industry and be, be there as a resource for our customers. Yeah. You know? Same.
0: I can't thank you guys enough for everything you guys have done for me in this short uh, relationship already. And I, I look forward to our future big time. You bet, buddy. All right. All right. Okay. If see you, you don't know, you guys yeah. get out there and follow JL Harley Davidson. You got to follow them. They got all the deals and the Dixons. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. You, you guys take care.
1: Yeah. You, brother
0: this episode of shooting the shit with speed kings is fueled by 11 bravo coffee a veteran-owned mobile coffee shop where a dollar for every pound brewed or sold is donated to veteran organizations 11 bravo coffee company supports many community and motorcycle events and if you'd like to learn more about 11 bravo coffee company or book them for your event head over to 11bcc.com or visit them on instagram and facebook at 11 bravo coffee co We love their coffee, man. They come to a lot of events with us and set up, and we're lucky to have their cold brew on tap here at the shop. So go ahead and check them out. Mm -hmm.